0: Hey, if you love music, you'll love 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. It is a podcast hosted by Rob Harvilla. Every week, he tackles a song from the 90s. This week, Ice Ice Baby from Vanilla Ice. What more do I need to say? 60 Songs That Explain the 90s on The Ringer Podcast Network. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Make this summer the best one yet. Invest in a Simply Safe home security system. I have one. I love it. It's a great way to protect your home when you're not there. Um you need one, especially during the summer. You know what burglars now? People go away during the summer. That's what happens. So when you're away, you want to make sure your place is protected you Want to make sure that you potentially have little camera things you can watch on your phone to see what, what's happening at your house, at your front door, inside. You deserve some peace of mind. Get it today with Simply Safe. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. If you missed the Prestige TV podcast, not only did we break down the season finale of White Lotus on Monday, but we uh, also interviewed the creator of the show, Mike White, Joanna Robinson did that one. So you can find that. You can also find the uh, recap of the season finale of Sex Lives of College Girls that Juliet Littman and Jodie Walker did. On the ringer.com, you might've remembered me and House did the, uh, did the preliminary breakdown of my trade value list, which is going to run on the ringer.com at some point this month. But we ran our top 100 players, our ranking list that a bunch of ringer writers contributed to. I've already gotten a bunch of angry texts about it, including from Knicks fans who can't believe that Julius Randle was only ranked number 93. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, it is a very fun list to go through, some blurbs, all kinds of copy, takes, jokes, the whole thing. So you can check that out on theringer.com. Coming up on this podcast... Steven Ruiz and Benjamin Solak and I are going to talk about quarterbacks and quarterback rankings and Herbert versus Burrow and what's going on with Tua and all of the QB storylines we can think of. And then Peter Schrager comes on and we talk about some of the free agent aspects to the quarterback situation. So this is like a lot of quarterback talk early on, which makes sense because quarterbacks are the most important position in the league. Then we talk some million dollar pick stuff. Can I keep it going? Can I keep the red hot million dollar picks going? I make the picks. And then last but not least, somebody that I own a lot of stock in, a lot of NBA stock, my guy, Malik Monk. I made him come on. I called the Kings. I'm like, I need him. The Kings are are really fun to watch. I enjoy them. I want to talk to him. So he came on for the last 20 minutes of this. It was really fun. It was fun to talk to him. Action Pack pod. It's all next. First, our friends from Project. All right, taping this a little after lunchtime, Pacific time. Ben Solak is here, as always, on Thursday. The Take Lord, Stephen Ruiz, is here as well. He I does. like the new nickname. Yeah, it's good. I, I just came up with it right now. You've been doing QB rankings for us every week on The Ringer. And you're also on The Ringer, and fell show, a bunch of things. I want to talk about QBs to start with. It's been a topsy-turvy year for a guy named Tua, who I think if you made the YouTube... Video of his throws this year that were almost intercepted. How many
1: throw? How many throws would be on that clip? I'd say at least. I think it's getting close to twenty. I know you said twenty earlier in the week. I don't think it's quite there yet because he missed like eighteen. It's definitely double digits at this point because he what threw a think, couple ben? against the Chargers. Eighteen, Ben.
2: Yeah, I mean, I th- let's see. We had at least like four in the Steelers game. So if you just assume there's an average of, like, two per game, yeah, we're looking at double digits. There
0: was at least three in the first Pats game. He's also, yeah. like, I think he might lead the league in two defenders colliding into each other who both thought they were going to get the pick. Those <laughs> ones, which that's that's a specialist QB. But on the other hand, he's thrown, like, 20 of the best deep balls and 30-yard passes of the year. So they're playing Buffalo, bad weather, seven-point dogs, and... I don't know. Is it more likely Miami misses the playoffs or makes the playoffs at this point? Because you could make a case both ways. What do you think, Steven?
1: Well, I, I really think it comes down to how Tua adjusts. I know a, a lot of the talk this week has been like, "There's a blueprint out. There's a book out on this Dolphins offense and how is Mike McDaniel going to adjust?" But I think this is a situation similar to the one in Los Angeles with McVay and Golf when Golf got, or not Golf, when McVay's system kind of got found out by the Patriots in that Super Bowl. McVay couldn't go to a plan B, and it wasn't his fault. It was because his quarterback just wasn't capable of it. And Sunday night, there were guys open. I I don't put it on McDaniel. Tua just wasn't processing. He wasn't going through his reads. He was locking onto his first read, and whether he was open or not, he was throwing it. So I really think it comes down to Tua, and whether he is this quarterback that he was hyped up to be as this sharp processor, this accurate guy who could throw it into tight windows. We're starting to see that starting to see pushback against that. We're starting to see that mm. not to show up on film over the last two weeks. And I think it's because defenses are starting to figure him out and starting to figure out his pressure points and like what he doesn't like to see and the types of coverages he he struggles with. So I really think it's on him. And if the answer is no, he can not adjust, I would not be surprised if they miss out on the playoffs.
0: So unlike Solax Eagles, where nobody can figure them out because it's such a juggernaut, they're just like, oh, you're going to do this? Watch this. We'll mm-hmm. score 40 points this way. Uh, what do you think have you seen anything in the tape so lack with uh with Tua that you think that teams have stumbled on?
2: Yeah so the the blueprint aspect of it is tricky, right? Like Steven said like the, is there a blueprint that McDaniel has to respond to? Schematically it's okay, Tua threw to the intermediate middle of the field more than any other quarterback in the league. Like, oh, like you know he had like a 50% more attempts in second place. He had missed a few games like they just hammered 10 to 20 yards down the field between the numbers. So the Niners took that away with Fred Warner. The Chargers took it away with bodies. They took it away with scheme. They took it away with the dropping safety and with thinking linebackers and just saying, we are going, you know, they, they played their corners with inside leverage. with like, unbelievable, insane. You don't see this inside leverage. Daring Mike McDaniel to throw call outbreaking routes and then daring Tua to throw them. And just the offense was, it was a Django piece in a tower, right? You pulled out yeah. the intermediate middle and there just wasn't enough structure around for the offense to stay sustainable. So, okay, there's your blueprint. Take away the middle of the field, run some press coverage. That'll help disrupt the timing. There you go. There are schematic solutions to that. Like they they try to throw, you know, outbreakers, they're gonna try to run the football more. Like those exist. The 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 coaching job for McDaniel is less about the schematic answers and more about the individual player that Tua is, like what he is, like what his character is, what his confidence is. Because there are on the Niners film and the Chargers film a litany of open receivers. And mm. just, just available checkdowns, one-on-one matchups that should be taken, clean pockets that he, he he escapes out of, time that he doesn't buy. Tua is a snowball quarterback, man. I mean, like, when he starts hitting throws, he's extremely confident. He'll whistle something in there. When he starts missing, when this offense doesn't immediately catch fire in in, in, in quarter one, he just gets really underconfident, especially if you start hitting him and you start accelerating that internal clock. There, I, I can't think of another quarterback in the league who has such a precipitous drop-off once he starts getting hit and starts struggling like Tua does. And so for McDaniel, the coaching challenge isn't so much about the scheme aspect of it as it is about managing the individual. This is a a guy who's just been like fraught with like a very traumatic career in terms of the injuries and the ups and the downs and like all the visibility on him and in Miami and Brian Flores and everything that's going on with Tua. You have to manage the individual. You have to find a way to get him confident, keep him confident, even when you have bumpy games to start.
1: McDaniel said that like at the beginning of the year, he said so much of his improvement was just like getting him confident. And I feel like he's lost that confidence. You could see it on film. You could see him not being confident in his reads the way he was. He's not getting rid of... He's still getting rid of the ball quickly, but it's not as quickly and as confidently as it was over the first 13 weeks of the season.
0: Ruiz, you had him ranked 16th in your latest QB rankings. You had him behind Derek Carr, who I think has been pretty lousy this year um, compared to last year. You have him behind Cousins. You have him behind Kyler Murray, who's not even playing anymore. You have him behind Watson.
2: That's not Kyler's fault, though. It's not like he got benched.
0: Well... You have him behind Watson, who I haven't yes. been impressed by. Um, Lawrence, who's been up and down, um, et cetera, et cetera. When you you've been pretty hard on two in these rankings. The two of fan base, um, they're a handful. They they're they're probably the number one craziest uh affection for a player fan base that we have right now. What like when did it get the lowest for you when he was doing the best? When um, just the amount of shit you were taking <laughs> the
1: Lions game, the Lions game, because the Lions game, the film was actually pretty good. It was the best film I had seen all year from him. Like before there were those, those plays that you referenced where he was throwing into defenders and they were just dropping the interceptions. That was not on the Lions film at all. And he was throwing with confidence. He was throwing downfield. So that's the game where I was like, oh man, I think after that game, I wrote like a little like, like a Mia Culpa. Yeah. mea Culpa. To, yeah, to a mea culpa <laughs> the, I rewrote his blurb and everything. But now I'm kicking myself, man. I should have just, I should have stayed strong. Stay the believed, course. I should have believed in myself. I, I knew this you was coming. Rossello and I, 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 and I had
0: this with Trey Young, where we were kind of in the minority with Trey Young. We were like, no, this isn't This isn't going to work. You can't win this way. And then he had that run where he like, he beat the Sixers and made round three. And we we're like, oh, I guess, guess maybe we we're wrong. <laughs> but now it's back to where we, and now it's like, oh, we were there the whole time. It is funny when players can zag against you. I, the one thing that Tua he does throw a beautiful deep ball, so like if you're comparing, like if you're just saying, like you're looking at some of these quarterbacks that are the up and down quarterbacks, Ben, like Sam Darnold, a little bit of a roller coaster ride. You have bet on the Panthers, and you're like, I got to cross my fingers here in this third eleven. But then there when would you be say that
2: you one bet on the Panthers. You're saying exclusively on the Panthers? I know. <laughs> yeah, i have on that either. And I'm a
0: Panthers he'll,
1: fan.
0: He'll have that one. He'll he'll bust out in the third and eleven and he'll run for twenty six yards and he looks like a gazelle. And you're like, Sam Darnold, it's only twenty three. There's something here. <laughs> and then the next play he throws it at triple coverage. But there it feels like we have more quarterbacks than ever who are like glass half full, glass half empty guys, depending on how you stare at them, right?
1: Yeah, yeah I would the, th- I would say that for sure.
2: Yeah. The What I think it is, is is the NFL over the last 10 years has gotten so much better at raising the floor of quarterbacking, right? It, mm. We have figured out ways to scrape together an offense around a, a myriad of players, right? Just like Jared Goff is the perfect example. 2016, first overall pick, 6-4, throws a nine ball like you've never seen, comes down to Jeff Fisher offense, just can't hack it. Like it just the second he's pressured, you just can't do it, not comfortable in the pocket. The, the book on this guy would have been like, all right, He'll bounce around as a backup. He'll get back in at some point. But like, he just can't beat pressure. He's not a fast enough processor. He's not enough accurate, quick release. He just can't do it. And Sean McVay comes to town and says, hey, you know the immobile guys? We can roll them out. We can run a little play action. And all of a sudden, Mm. Jared Goff, 2017, going to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff, he he resurrected Goff's career. Four years later, he's trading him away. And the huge contract he signed him to for Matthew Stafford. He's sending picks to do it. And then he gets to Detroit. And what happens? Ben Johnson goes back to that 2017, 2018 Rams film and says, okay, I can do a little bit of that. I can do a little bit of that. Oh, we know how to do that too, right? And we've gotten so much better at raising the floor. So you have your immobile quarterbacks like Goff, we can pick them up a little bit. We have your 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 creators, right? Your guys who are a little bit out of structure. Darnold as an example. Darnold's like never had like great timing feet in the pocket. He's never had like, you know, perfect understanding of like, you know, West Coast robot sort of predictability, but he's a creator. And we've figured out over the last 10 years, like, hey, You can throw a creator back there and just kind of like let him improv a little bit and it'll work. This is more sustainable. Scrambling quarterbacks, athletes, right? The Jalen Hurtses and the Justin Fields of the world who previously would not have been deployed in the NFL the way they are, are now being used because we see how much running quarterbacks matter. So we've come up with creative ways schematically to raise the floor of a lot of different prototypes, a lot of different styles of quarterbacks. That creates a much bigger middle class of quarterbacks that you can tap into. I wrote so you're about saying, this
1: before I wrote about this before the playoffs like the NFL now like you go back 15 years ago and like Chris Brown for Grantland wrote about this NFL offenses were all the same every NFL offense was the same the only thing that was different was their terminology now it's kind of like a college landscape where you have all these different types of offenses and now you have all these different types of quarterbacks who are now viable so i it kind of feels like college football 20 years ago where you had quarterbacks that you could trust if it, you got into an obvious passing situation and then there were quarterbacks like Eric Crouch or something where you you couldn't you couldn't win in obvious passing situations you had to run the football and I think we're we're in that spot where you can recognize the strengths of limited quarterbacks like Jared Goff while still realizing that he's not like a top guy even if he's producing like one
0: well when he has time he's pretty good but like how many quarterbacks would we say that about at this point where you can go look if you block for this guy he'll like cars like that too in the Raiders we can go on down the line It makes me wonder like if the new zag for a front office would be don't spend money on a quarterback, put together like the greatest offensive line possible. And then there's 12 guys who are pretty good if they have time. (laughs) And maybe that's a better way to to put together a passing offense than just spending two hundred fifty million dollars on Kyler Murray Mm -hmm. and trading three first round picks and two hundred fifty million for Deshaun Watson.
2: Right. The the thing used to interrogate that idea is the difference between october football and january football i love it for october football i love it for regular season football i'm confident that against the the glut of average NFL defenses i get i can dominate that way once i start getting to eight teams left four teams left two teams left you know it goes back to the rams are down four to the cincinnati Bengals with six minutes left in a game which they'd only scored 16 points who would you rather have Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford? Nine months ago, they chose. They said, I want Matthew Stafford on this drive, please and thank you. And Matthew Stafford pushes them down the field with Cooper Cup. They scored a game with right. a touchdown. Right. And so that's where I, I I every edge I can get to build around a lesser quarterback, I want to do. The Eagles, great offensive line, unbelievable offensive line developer. Jeff Stoutland, their offensive line coach, was hired by Chip survived Chip being fired, survived Doug being fired. Now he's working with with Nick Sirianni. This guy's going to solve our line problems for us. Let's trade for A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, top 10 pick. I don't care that he's 170 pounds. I need receivers. They have everything you need to elevate a quarterback. What's the big final question? What is Hurts going to look like on a playoff run? Because last year when he got to the playoffs, the the Buccaneers punked him. right? So you elevate quarterbacks as best you can. But once you get to January, it's really important that that guy's not a Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got to be more than a Jimmy. We know a Jimmy is in the playoffs. We've,
1: We've referenced this quote like a couple times over the past couple of weeks. But, uh, Great quote. Before the, the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, Mike Girardi of NFL Network had a report, a pregame report, where he said, in public, the Patriots defenders are talking about how much they respect Jared Goff. But behind the scenes, they're saying, we're going to show him things he's never seen before, and he's going to shit his pants. That's the words they used. Well, Girardi didn't and, use those words. But, that's well, word no, he said, right. he but I'm assuming that's the words the Patriots right. uh, players used Before the game, you never hear like a Patriots Oh a team wow! Talk shit again about a, a opposing player before the game. They scored three points. They they weren't lying.
0: That turned out to be the highlight of the Patriots' season. Um, do you think we'll be talking about Sam Darnold in January, Ruiz, as comparing October Sam Darnold to January Sam Darnold? As the Panthers are hosting
1: the Dallas Cowboys in <laughs> God, round God, I hope not. God, I hope not. <laughs> I don't want this team embarrassing it me in front of the national audience no i would be i'd god what a beaten down panthers fan i think i'm now the biggest panthers fan at the ringer i just want a quarterback that's all i asked for can i get a top 10 pick and a quarterback that i can root for i i can't talk myself into sam darnold you don't like talk myself into sam darnold the second time this is his second chance at starting (laughs) for the panthers i can't do it a second time
2: how'd you feel (laughs) watching baker game-winning drive for the rams yeah that hurt one that
1: got away you think I watched that game? I didn't watch that. <laughs> that <game. laughs> the Baker thing hurt because
0: he he cost the Panthers at least two wins. I mean, they're five and eight. They could be eight and five with even a half decent quarterback and DJ Moore not taking his helmet off. Um, wait, back to the quarterback rankings. You Ruiz, you had Mahomes one, Herbert two, Lamar three, Burrow four, and Josh Allen five. That was your top five. Uh I have a couple quibbles. One, the ringers love. It's not just the ringer. It's really the football, the smart football community. And Herbert is their God, right? Then Mahomes is everyone's God, but then Herbert has become the other one. And I just want to know what Joe Burrow has to do to earn everyone's respect. Like was not making the Super Bowl enough? Was it all the times he's come through in big games? Is Is he not cool enough under pressure? Does he not have awesome throws in the fourth quarter? Like, what else does Joe Burrow have to do? I know he wasn't good on the Manning cast, but what else does he not have to do
1: or have to do? To, to catch Herbert? To be number two. I feel like he okay. should be number two. I, I I think he has to prove that he has the physical talent to make the same throws, the same elite throws that we've seen these other quarterbacks make. Joe Burrow tends to get it done in structure, which is a very like good thing, a very valuable thing to have because you can call any play and you know he's going to execute it well. But what happens when the defense knocks him off his spot and they force him to make an outbreaking throw? He's one of the, by accuracy, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL at outbreakers over 10 air yards. And we know mm. his accuracy is very good. So I would like Bengals fans to fill in the blank why that is. It's because he doesn't have <laughs> arm strength. And that's been a thing going back to his time at Ohio State even when Urban Meyer was was like yelling at him, telling him he, do- he doesn't have a Division one arm. That's, that's the thing. He's never going to have that, that talent. He's never going to have that ceiling that these other guys have. You can make up for that in different ways, like we've seen Tom Brady do. But Tom Brady came up in a different era of development. He got to spend extra time in meeting rooms. He got Bill Belichick was teaching him how to read defenses. I, I don't think is going to have that same education that Brady did, where Brady was capable to overcome those physical limitations because he was perfect at everything. And I don't think we can, I think if Tom Brady gets drafted in 2020, he doesn't become Tom Brady. He becomes Kirk Cousins, maybe not. Maybe not Kirk. Oh, or like a, the, like the, a Derek the t- the takes her out. <laughs> That's right. I don't think Tom Brady exists in t- twenty twenty if he's drafted. It's it was a different era. We, we when's the last time we saw a pocket passer get developed like this? Wow,
0: I need it. I need to have a cigarette Gino. or something. Uh, <laughs> Solak, where where do you stand on this Burrow Herbert thing?
2: I, I I've been Herbert over Burrow since I think like Herbert started to take over the league. This, however, is the best Burrow has played. Better than, than any any stretch he had during the Super Bowl season. Uh, the book on Burrow last year was if you give the guy a single high, he'll rip you to shreds. I mean, Jamar and T. Higgins are too good. He's got too much trust, too much accuracy, too much quick process. And that if he gets a, a one-on-one matchup, man or zone on the outside, good night, take your ball home. You cannot do it against the Bengals. You gave them too high, they would struggle a little bit throwing the football. Still good, but they would struggle. And one of the roots of that struggle was that Burrow still tried to throw his one-on-one matchups. He still tried to throw outside against too high, tough thing to do. And the second thing is, if he didn't like the look, he'd hold on to the football, and he tried to create. And that's where the lack of, of of elite physical tools came in. He wasn't the best mover, and he's not the best arm. He's a good mover the decent arm, but he's not the best. And because of that, he took a lot of sacks. The offensive line was bad early pressure but he took a lot of sacks one of the things that Bengals fans hoped and expected entering this season was that an improved offensive line would bring burrow's sack rate down but it didn't early in the season burrow's sack rate remained the same in fact it was jumping up relative to the amount of pressure he was receiving and that's because uh sacks like we we like to say sacks are a quarterback stat sack percentage, the likelihood of taking a sack is generally predicted by how the quarterback chooses to play. Think Russell Wilson. If you choose, just hold on to the football and screw around back there. Matt you're Ryan. going to get sacked a lot. You're going to make some yeah. throws, make some plays. But you're going to get sacked a lot. Adam Harstad of, of uh, oh, I think Dynasty Football it is, uh, writes about the three-legged stool of quarterbacking, which is throwaway percentage or uh, uh, yards per attempt, interception percentage, and sack percentage. One of the three is going to be big. You're going to take a lot of sacks, you're gonna take a lot of interceptions, or you're gonna throw the ball away a lot, or you're gonna have like a low depth of target, right? Like that's everybody's play style kind of fits into those buckets. And Burstile, Burrow's play style was a high sack quarterback. Over the last week and a, a month and a half, Burrow's not taking sacks. Ball's coming out quicker. He's, yeah. he's he's checking down. He's scrambling a lot more than he was. It is very rare to see a quarterback change his stripes to see play style change. That's one of the things that's been tough with Russ. Is he's still playing like he did when he was 24? He's not 24 year old legs anymore. The fact that Burrow has kind of, you know, had an awakening here and realized, I can't take this many sacks, and it's just, boom. Gotten them out of his game this quickly is extremely impressive, especially if it's sustainable. So this, like, Burrow's making up ground on Herbert because he's, he's taking a huge wart out of his game. If that's sustainable, that's a huge deal for Cincinnati.
1: I would also say, like, everything that Burrow gets credit for being good at, like, reading defenses, being accurate, all of that, Justin Herbert's better than, at all that stuff. He's more accurate. He's he's better at processing. He's quicker at processing. He doesn't get sacked. He doesn't throw interceptions. He still pushes the ball downfield. Like Solak just talked about that three legged stool ideal. I wrote about that last year with Herbert. I I mentioned it. He's like the only quarterback that doesn't have like a bad, a bad metric in one of those. is a bad
2: A not, but that's not he his fault. He does this year,
1: <laughs> but that's not his fault. Last year he did not when he had offensive line and weapons. But he's Like, this is why we talk about him so much. And it's not just us. Like, I went to Chargers training camp. I interviewed their coaches. They talk about him like we talk about him. Like, their quarterback coach, Shane Day, called him the greatest quarterback ever after his (laughs) second year. He says he has a file of clips that show why Justin Herbert's the best quarterback ever. Brandon Staley talks about him like he's a god. And you never hear NFL coaches talk about their players like that because they don't want to raise expectations. But Chargers coaches can't help themselves. And I don't blame them because when you turn on the film, Every play is perfect. You saw it on Sunday night. Those were not ideal conditions. He was getting pressured within a second, and you wouldn't even notice it. He was just sliding away from the pressure, finding his check down, keeping his eyes downfield, throwing downfield. He plays quarterback better than I've ever seen people, uh, a person play quarterback at this point in his career. He's not a Jesus. playmaker. He's not a playmaker. Yeah. That's that's what separates him from the Josh Allens and the Patrick Mahomes. He needs to to live a little. He needs to let loose a little. He has the talent to do that. He does. He doesn't do it. He's such a robot to a fault. But when it's not, when it's not a bad play, when it's good to go through your progressions, no one's better than him at it.
0: Well, now he's got Mike Williams back. It's interesting. Their their schedule is favorable the rest of the way. On FanDuel, they're twenty to one to win the AFC. The way you were talking about him was like when I was in high school. That John Elway, the first like five six years of John Elway, where he was just so good, and you almost it was almost like basketball watching like a basketball player just put their team on their back and he would just win these playoff games. He shouldn't and just clearly had the most talent. Um, but I wonder like, could Herbert, if he's as good as, you know, the smart football community has has been touting, like, could it just be this random year where he just has a run like a basketball player would?
2: We got to get uh, Herbert, his Mike Shanahan and Joel Lombardi ain't it that, that no. that's a a big part of the issue is that because Lombardi has a computer quarterback like like Steven says like Herbert is just so incessantly correct all of the times making the yeah. right read making the right decisions at the right time Lombardi does not feel the stress to improve his offense because Herbert makes it work and that's just like it, it, it's it's such a trap for the chargers that they let the offense continue to play this way
0: what's uh let's take a quick break. Hey, if you want to get more out of this NFL season, it's the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel sportsbook app. Safe, scare, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to touchdown scores to over, under yards. We are going to tackle my favorite picks coming up in the million-dollar pick segment. I'm hot right now. I'm hot. I'm feeling it. I'm seeing the field these days. I Have a little underdog parlay you might like too. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets. You can do an underdog parlay. You can do a same game parlay. And FanDuel is now live in Maryland. Marylanders, make sure you get in on the action with great offers, boosts just for you. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 of free bets when you join FanDuel with promo code BS. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21+. plus. In select states, first online real money wager-only refund issued is not Free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right first half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time, that's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside LDA, 21 and up. So you're doing these rankings every week, Ruiz. What is the most shocking, as you're putting everybody in order, the one that just shocks you the most when you see it on the list? Like, I can't believe that person is there.
1: Honestly, it's Jalen Hurts, and I've gotten a lot of crap for this from Eagles fans this week. I I want him to be higher. I really want him to be higher, but we've set up the rankings to be... To to be based on these grades, and I I just don't know what to put higher. Like I think he's an I don't think he's an overly accurate quarterback, but I don't think he's an inaccurate quarterback. I think he's got a good arm. I don't think he has like an elite arm. I think he's a very creative player. I, I his decision making has improved by leaps and bounds this year. I think his pocket presence is still a weakness, but it's it's getting better. I've given I've given him all this credit. I just don't know like what you else you want from me. I think he's a good quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback. If you put the tenth best quarterback behind the best offensive line and give him an elite receiving core and a good offensive coordinator, I would expect top of the league results. So I, I, I don't know. I I don't want to overreact to the, to him being first in MVP odds. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I just think he's the 10th best quarterback. I don't think he's better than Dak Prescott. I don't think he's better than Geno Smith. I don't think he's better than Tom Brady right now. Even when I watch Tom Brady play, he looks like a better quarterback on film. He's just in a bad situation. And I think if you simulated this season a hundred times, the top five in like whatever metric you like, D V O A, EPA, whatever, the top five of quarterbacks would look different each and every time. So I'm not going to overreact to one season of results. Solak, your rebuttal.
2: I we we did like a little ranked Jalen Hurts exercise with Philly special this week and I had him around like seven. Which I think right, with seven and ten, it, it feels like a big difference, but kind of you, you, you have your elite tier of quarterbacks. You have your Mahomes at one, and then you have your elites. You have your Mahomes, and you have your Burrows, and you have your Lamar's. And then when you start to get into that like B tier, that next group, that's where I think Hurts lands. And I think that you know it's it's difficult to figure out where guys like Rogers and Brady are in that. Like Stevens grading for this year, when you when you look at quarterbacks across the league, you're kind of thinking, all right, what are they going to be more so on an arc, right, for the next couple years? And Rogers and Brady makes that a little bit messy. Uh, but the, the, the difficulty with Hertz is it's the same difficulty that, that general managers have had and been trying to riddle out for years that analysts have always been trying to riddle out, which is the difference between what's difficult and what's valuable, right? It'd be very nice, it'd be wonderful if the most difficult, the hardest things for a quarterback to do were also things that were most valuable on the field. Then it'd be very easy to figure out who the best ones are and who the best ones aren't. The reality is that Hertz does a lot of things that are very easy. Scrambling, breaking the pocket, one read and gone is extremely easy. Throwing, you know, uh, isolation routes to A.J. Brown, jump balls, 50-50s, are, that's extremely easy. However, those are also very valuable. Scrambling is twice as valuable as an attempted pass by EPA per play across the league-wide averages this season, which is an insane thing to say, but scrambling is so much more valuable than attempting a pass, and Hurts is well-built to scramble. The offense allows him to scramble. Throwing downfield, well, guess what? When you connect with A.J. Brown, 35 yards down the field, it's a lot easier than, like, Trevor Lawrence and Geno Smith throwing a rhythm seam route that they alerted to against one high covered by a linebacker tight window back shoulder. <laughs> it's a lot more easy, but it's a, it's more valuable. It's further downfield. and Guess what? The Ball still moved. Right. So so uh, Hertz has an easier time getting the ball down the field, run or pass than almost any other t- quarterback in the league. That doesn't mean it's not valuable. It just means when you're like figuring out who's good at quarterbacking, it makes the picture muddy. So the more we learn about like scrambling quarterbacks, RPO offenses in the NFL, the more these horizons get pushed, the easier it'll be to say like, oh, because Hertz does this, he's more talented. He's the eighth most talented, sixth most talented, fourth most talented. But right now we're still in a transition period where we're still figuring that out. And it makes it hard to calibrate what he does relative to some like, of the top pocket passers in the league.
1: That's why it's easy for me to reconcile him being at at 10. While if I was given an MVP vote, I would still have him second on my ballot for MVP because I do think that he is... Who's first. Before- Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, the best player in the NFL, the most valuable player in the NFL. Do you disagree? Come with that? on.
0: Well, I just think if the Eagles go 16 and one, Hurts has to be the MVP.
1: Yeah, narrative the because
0: he's going to win the yeah. award. I the 16 and one I think matters. Sal and I did this on Sunday's pod about how rare it is to have like a zero win season or a one win season. It's yeah. it's not a long list. And the thing with the Eagles is they're getting better and better as the season goes along. And I think one of the reasons is I feel like he's gotten a little bit better, you know, and, and um, he's certainly better than I ever thought. He was going to be like, you have Brady ahead of him. My quibble with Brady is a, he can't move at all. Can't move at all. And B, I don't think he wants to get hit anymore. So you see him over and over again. He's just giving up on plays. He's choosing the self-preservation piece over like, you know, the insane Mike White performance last week where Mike White's like, just kill me. <laughs> you will take this starting job out of my dead hands. I don't care how many times I get hit. Brady doesn't want to be hit anymore. And I that's why I would value Hurts because the scrambling, like Solak said, his ability to create plays, but then also just, I don't, I just think he's harder to play against. I think Brady's pretty easy to play against now because you know he's not going to move and you know he's not going to want to get hit. You agree you or put, disagree,
1: Solak?
2: I have heard some about Brady, and I think that right—that ease of playing against is such a big part of it. Where it's, it's like, like Steve is making faces at me as he usually does during these podcasts. But it's, <laughs> it's with Brady, right? I know where my pressure points are. I know what was to hit, and I know what not to hit. And you can say the same thing is true for Jalen Hurts. It just Hurts is more creative solution. There's
0: unpredictability yeah, with him, the, where you can do the right yeah. thing and he still beats you.
2: The 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 construct that we use to talk about this a lot, and we talked we used it with Tua, which I think is like is where it's really beneficial. is it's important to think of one NFL play as two NFL plays. There's structure, there's what we plan at the snap. Here's the coverage, here's the pass concept, boom. And then once that's covered up, once the structure didn't work for the offense, the second play begins, the second reaction, the improvisation, the scramble drill. And over the last 10 years of football, but certainly the last like five or six, Mahomes and Allen entering the league, we realized, holy smokes, that second play is important. There's so much to be gained in that second play. And right now, Brady doesn't bring you to a second play to nearly the same degree as Jalen Hurts does. He doesn't give you that I, second swing at the plate.
1: I disagree with that. I think you're just looking at the uh, one way to get to get to that second play. I think there's multiple ways for a quarterback to get to that second play. But we when you're talking Brady about like through, going check through check down his and buying time the is pocket. still within
2: structure. Check down and buy time is still within structure. That's, a, mean, that's still the first play.
1: Yeah, I know. But if your first read is open, your plan A isn't there. He still has a viable plan B, a plan C, a plan D. He's the only quarterback besides Herbert now that I've seen get through his progressions that quickly and have that type of creative force without being a runner. At the same time, I have docked his creativity score like 30 points this year because he is not moving. But I would also say put him behind the best offensive line in the NFL and you'd see the old Tom Brady come back. Yeah, they have see him getting through his progressions. You'd get him, you'd see him going through his progressions. You'd see him creating these big plays in the passing game when his first read isn't there. So I don't know. I think there's there's different ways to skin the cat. And Tom Brady, in his situation, he can't do the way he typically goes beyond his first read. Whereas Jalen Hurts is playing on easy mode. He's playing on rookie mode on while Tom Brady's playing on all Madden. I think it's impossible to compare the results because of that. All
0: right. You have uh, Kyle Allen as the number 38 and last quarterback in your rankings. And Zach Wilson, 37. So it's Zach Wilson's first win of the year. He beat uh, Kyle he beat. <laughs> what would you Kyle say Allen. Zach
2: Wilson does better than Kyle Allen, Steve? I I,
0: what does he do better than Kyle he Allen? He has more arm talent. That's the only thing that I <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess. All right, there you, you objectively go.
2: Objectively throw it further.
0: Mills was 36. Heineke, 35. Tough
1: beat for Heineke. He's got a winning record. Uh, he's somehow behind Baker Mayfield. I don't respect that archetype of quarterback. Okay, that's fair. The, the the Johnny Knoxville jackass quarterback who just gets hurt for our entertainment. I, uh, that's <laughs> that's what he is. You have my guy Brock Purdy at thirty three, but as we as
0: I go up here, you have uh, Mac Jones at twenty five and Desmond Ritter at twenty six, who we haven't even seen play football yet. So how do you rank Ritter?
1: Like what, what are you basing that on? Just preseason film? <laughs> preseason film, college film, like his his talent. I think he's a more talented player. I think anyone should admit that he's more talented. Like he's got a better arm. He's more athletic. And then I would say that he's just as good of a processor as him. That was Ritter's big thing, mm. standing in the pocket, going through his reads and making the tough throws that Mac Jones hasn't made enough over the first two years of his career. We could, we could blame Josh McDaniels. We could blame Matt Patricia, and they deserve all the blame in the world. But there are open guys over the middle, and it requires no, it's a tight tough. window throw. And Mac yeah. Jones doesn't throw him. He doesn't throw him. He could clamor for, for less quick game, but you got to make the throws, buddy, or we can't call those plays.
0: I think it's fair. I think I, I'm i not going to defend Mac Jones. Ritter is getting four and a half points against the Saints this week. A Saints team that's not very good. And Mariota was terrible. And it's hard not to think that that's a pretty tasty four and a half or underdog thing because Ritter just might come in and be solid right away, right? So, yeah. like, what do you think? Do you see him coming in and being decent?
2: Yeah, I'm on Falcons plus four and a half this week. Uh, and, right, it, it's basically... When you install a rookie quarterback, you expect there to be like, all right, there's rookie lumps and there's rookie mistakes, and we want to try to avoid those, and how are we going to protect this guy? Let's bring his pass attempts down, right? Let's give him all play action. Let's move the pocket. The Falcons have been doing that since week one. This is the whole Falcons offense is just protect the quarterback, hide the quarterback, right? And the issue that, that got Mariota benched was Mar- when Mariota had his pass attempts, when he had the opportunity to throw the ball down the field, he wasn't paying it off. He wasn't connecting with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Alameda Zacchaeus. They weren't ripping off those chunk gains. All Ritter needs to do to like notably elevate the Falcons offense is just connect on two downfield shots. Just put the ball somewhere near Kyle Pitts. Not even like you're throwing to like Darnell Mooney. Throwing to very large people. Pits and, 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 and London, put the ball where they can go get it. Ask them to do that work for you. And I think that across the Ritter Cincinnati film, you saw enough evidence that you have some faith in that. I like the Falcons plus four and a half. I also like the Falcons to just get a, you know, off of the bye bump, new quarterback bump. We freaking hate the Saints bump. We still have a 2% chance to win this division bump. Like this to me feels like a, a, a spot where the Falcons are going to try to punch the Saints in the mouth.
0: Are you guys buying the Lions in Jersey against a banged
1: up Jets team in cold weather? I think Solak is, but I'm not buying them. I've seen this movie before. I've seen Jared Goff play against a good defense. Yeah. I've seen him play in the cold. I, I know how this ends. I'm not going to get fooled again. I'm not going to be Charlie Brown kicking the football. I'm not so, going to. Well, yeah. well, if Williams
0: isn't 100% or if he doesn't play.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal, I think.
0: Then what does yeah. that mean? Is it, Can we say the Jets have a good defense anymore? Because that's probably the most important piece they have.
1: Absolutely.
2: The Robert Sala knows Jared Goff. He's been around the yard. Like They were in the NFC West together for a few years. and mm. and. Once the book was out on golf, and it was like, hey, if you pressure this guy, he breaks. Salah just stopped respecting him and just had some really good games against him in 2018-2019. Uh, if Quinnen's healthy, then they're going to get their pass rush with four. They're going to have the ability to, to, to rush. And they still will, even if Quinnen's not healthy. Bryce Huff, you know, uh, John Franklin Myers, Sheldon Rankin, Solomon Thomas. They have a nice group there. But Quinnen is, is the best rusher that they have on, on that group, especially in the interior. If he doesn't play, they're going to more likely have to bring blitzes, bring additional bodies in in coverage to try to beat Goff by by pressuring him. Now you're in one-on-one positions downfield. Now you're kind of flipping coins. Now you're living on a more volatile environment. Games to stay away. We can't pick that
0: game on a Thursday. Because the other thing is, how hurt is Mike White? Like, what if Mike White has a few cracked ribs?
2: Zach Wilson getting promoted to backup is to me a little bit of a preamble for, like, hey, Mike White may not play this game. And if not Kyle Allen. Yeah, if if true. If it was Kyle Allen, it'd be worse. But it's Zach Wilson. And they're doing a lot of PR for Zach right now. He's handled the locker room great. He's doing mm, a good job. He's been sounds preparing awesome. preparing cool. well. And it's like, okay, be so great. you're trying to convince me they don't hate him anymore? I think they yeah. may still hate him, you know. So it's it's a game where I wouldn't bet it until I know what the health situations are for Mike White and Quinn Williams.
0: Where do you guys stand on the trap game of the week? Bengals minus three and a half at Tampa Bay. Tampa has covered once in the past like three months, and looks like they're done and they're dead men walking. And yet somehow they're minus three twenty to win the uh, at NFC
1: South. I, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate uh, like a Bucks upset here because I think that their problem so far has been just they're so slow. They're sl- on both sides of the ball. They're slow. Yeah, like, I think they have corners that are physical and that will. Get in a fight, get in a barroom fight. And that's what you have to do against this Bengals team, against those receivers that are so physical. And Joe Burrow who could put the ball anywhere he wants on their back shoulder. You have to win at the line of scrimmage. You have to beat them up. I don't think the Bucs are going to win, but I could see a path to winning for them.
2: Yeah. Other side of the ball, the argument is kind of the same. Lou Anaruma is the DC for the Bengals. has been so good at matchups, so good at schemes nobody's had any difficulty scheming against the Bucks' offense. This right. year. it's extremely, it's very obvious yeah. what's going to happen. They Either won't run the ball. First, yeah. Same yeah. stuff on first down, same stuff on second down, third down. Brady's not going to move the the launch point. Right. So like it, it just comes down to your matchups, it comes down to Mike Evans against Cam Taylor, right. It comes down to Leonard Fournette in the hole against Logan Thomas. And the Bucks still have talent, even though they've been generally disappointing this year. So I don't hate it. With that said, Cincinnati's been really, really good over the last month. So you're you're trying you're trying to right now window that kind of letdown game. It's the same thing with the Niners. they're playing the Seahawks tonight. And I'm looking at that three and a half like divisional game. They're banged yeah. up, short week. They've been unstoppable for five weeks. When does the other shoe drop?
0: Right. Bengals win the first half, parlayed with Bengals win the game on FanDuel plus 105. Bengals come out, take the lead, never give it up. I'm I, love at the, it.
2: I love the fade first half bucks because they don't start actually trying to win football games until they're down multiple scores in the fourth quarter. That's when they start throwing the football on the I second think down.
0: Bowles takes a while to wake up when after the Star Spangled Banner. I don't know if it takes <laughs> probably like about an hour before he realizes where he is. The uh, The Giants-Washington game, the, the line is, it's a little high. Washington's getting treated now, I guess with Chase Young probably coming back, like, they're just a superior team. I watched that game. They seem pretty even to me. Um, do you think either of these teams could win in round one?
2: God no,
1: no. Yeah, definitely no. not.
2: They. If you if you take me back to fully healthy Giants, I could be talked into it. Maybe with,
1: like a with,
0: possible sneaky something. Yeah. like yeah. Daniel
2: Jones running the football. Brian Dable runs sixteen flea flickers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like fake a punt. Like yeah, sure. Now, where it's just like, I got to look up the depth chart to figure out who these cats are. No, <laughs> I'm out.
0: And same for Seattle, right? I, their defense is just so porous at this point. I can't imagine them doing anything. It's weird because we, I I rooted for the seven seed. I wanted more stuff to gamble on in round one. I was excited for it. But in the NFC, I don't think there's any danger. In the AFC, it's a the little Lions? more interesting. Not the hype? For the Lions?
2: Yeah. People are talking about it. Lions in the playoffs. They're like six you DVOA over the last month. I well, I'm
0: aware of that, but they'd have to beat the Jets. They basically have to they run have, the slate, right? They'd have to go ten and seven. They yeah, have Carolina they, next week in Carolina.
2: Yep. Yeah, if they well, oh, I forgot. Right? Because for most people, it's they beat the Jets and their schedule's easy. But for you, you see the Panthers game, right? And then, well, that's, I, that's I see the
0: juggernaut Panthers waiting yeah, for them. Like I don't want to play schedule, the Panthers. Keep pounding. <laughs> and at the- Green Bay, week seventeen, you can't sleep on that either. But yeah, I look. None of us. Totally trust Goff in this situation. They could be six and eight on Sunday at four o'clock. So yeah. uh and the AFC though, I assume the Chargers will not be a seven seed. I think they're gonna make it and maybe they're even a six seed. The the team that if they were healthy, I wouldn't want to play in round one is the Jets. Because I think the Jets are talented and they're physical and they have people like Wilson's gonna make like five plays in a playoff game. He just is he's going to get open. They can run the ball a little bit. Um I'm just not sure I'd see them. I would love to see the Patriots if I'm a two seed.
2: Yeah. Right. I said uh, earlier today I said my barometer for whether or not I'm interested in wildcard weekend for the AFC is if the Patriots are playing or not. If the Patriots made oh, it, we'll into be the playoffs, worst game. I'm like, we'll okay, be the set, sa-
0: we'll be the yeah. early Saturday game. The Nickelodeon yeah. game. They'll be yeah. on Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be how, how fast could we put them on? Sorry Kyle, don't listen to this part. Which Solak, what's your favorite game this week?
2: Uh, like uh, the Dolphins-Bills game on Saturday, which is an island game, is going to be extremely interesting, ton kind of fun. Like the snow might make it a weird game, but I feel we're going to learn a lot from that matchup. I'm very excited to watch Jags-Cowboys. Ooh. I, this this Jags team has, has been bad to me. This has been a tough team to figure out, and they're, they're hitting late and whatever. I watched that Trevor Lawrence film uh, uh, against the Titans yesterday. Holy smokes. That's the best game he's played with a bullet. Uh, oh, Ruiz. Was,
1: even Ruiz liked it. He's even happy.
2: Yeah. yeah Ruiz. It, it,
1: it was Herbert S. That's what I'll that's what I'll say. It was, yeah, like, oh. it was like Justin Herbert.
2: Yeah. Ruiz is like, you know, the uh he's long been enamored with with Herbert, and Lawrence is now coming up as the next like tall white pocket guy. all <laughs> <The laughs> about it. Here we go. Um <laughs> But the uh the Cowboys are so banged up in the secondary, right? Uh yeah. Calvin Joseph, second year players taking a lot of snaps. Deron Bland is a rookie for them, is playing in the nickel. And They had that huge fourth quarter against the Colts a couple weeks ago, which, you know, a lot of turnovers generated kind of hid the fact that that game was closer than a lot of people thought for longer than a lot of people thought. And then the Texans come to town and the Texans get a couple lucky turnovers They're doing a two quarterback thing. But that game was closer for a lot longer than a lot of people thought. And Dallas's issues in the secondary, I think, are starting to be a a bit of a weak point for this team. With the way Lawrence was throwing the football against the Titans, the Titans been throwing football for the last few weeks as the Jaguars have gotten a lot better. This can get shootouty, Dallas, Jacksonville, and I think that's a fun okay. one for your your AFC and your NFC wildcard picture.
1: I would pick the same game because I think it's a litmus test for both teams. Like the Jaguars, I I still think have a chance of catching the Titans. Yeah. but they have to be able to beat good teams, and this is a chance to do that. And then for the Cowboys, like their defense has been the better part, the better half of this team, and I want to see what they do against a quarterback that I think is a top ten quarterback now. This is a good chance to see the them against the type of quarterbacks they're going to see later in the playoffs. And we've seen them the last couple weeks beat Davis Mills and uh, Matt Ryan. I want to see them beat a good quarterback. And I think this is Mm. their first chance in a while.
0: Well, we might be seeing the Jags and underdog parlay. All right. Ruiz, Solak, good to see you guys. You can listen to them on the Ringer NFL show as well. You can read them on a great website called TheRinger.com and uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Thanks, Bill. is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident, and you're okay but you know what happened your first reaction is going to be man why did that happen if you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything there's this little rush you get when you're like i did it i made it happen but really the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor state farm is there state farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need have coverage options to protect the things you value most. File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com.
3: All
0: right, our guy Peter Schrager is here. He's gonna be on the sidelines for Miami Buffalo this weekend. A game we're probably not touching for the suddenly red hot million dollar picks. So let's start with QBs though. There's all these free agent QBs. Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Mike White, Danny Dimes, Geno Smith, Taylor Heineke, Sam Darnold, Jimmy G, Jacoby Brissett, Cooper Rush, Baker Mayfield, who are just kind of available, trying to trying to uh, you know, unbutton a couple buttons on their blouse and maybe get a bar <laughs> and see if they can pick up any married guys these last few weeks of the season. Who is your favorite potential free agent QB story right now?
3: Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm fascinated to see how this thing goes down. So you said it, there's four weeks left of the season, and across the board, there's guys going into the final years or the final months of their contracts with their current teams. Garoppolo's the only guy who can't really make a statement. So I'm fascinated to see, is there a market for Jimmy G? Do people want Jimmy G? Is he going to be a guy who makes the $20 million he was making with San Francisco? Or is he someone that has to take a discount such as you know, one of the deals that like Trubisky or Mariota had to take this past off season. I- I'm fascinated to see. I think. The looming, uh, you know, teams that are like, you know, you hear if Tampa loses Brady, do they just go right to Garoppolo? Does San Francisco want to dance with Garoppolo on a short-term deal? See if we could bring this thing back. Truth of matter is, every good performance that Brock Purdy has, or Josh Johnson, or whoever's under center for San Francisco, hurts Jimmy G's value. I think in a lot of ways, or people will say, "Look, th- this was a Kyle Shanahan thing, and they were just yeah. fine without him, and they're paying him twenty million. They're paying this guy eight hundred thousand. L- look at the discount they got." So. Jimmy G is fascinating, but in the short term, I mean, Bill, Daniel Jones is fighting for his NFL life as a quarterback one. I hate saying that so dramatically, but this is a guy who was a first round pick, top 10 pick, had it going on. And during the bye week, there was conversations as to whether or not the Giants were going to give him a massive extension, somewhat big extension. Now I wonder if if he totally just, you know, the last four weeks can't get it going. Giants don't make the playoffs. They're, you know, an under 500 team. Are you bringing back Daniel Jones? They haven't won since October. No, they, they won November 13th. They beat the Texans, but it was one of the ugliest oh, games you're right. you you're could right. imagine. <laughs> and like they were trying to give that game away in a lot of ways. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I remember
0: that. Um, I was
3: at the game Sunday, and you know, maybe they were just like saving themselves, or maybe they were already thinking Washington. But the team that took the field and Philly ran all over, like from the second Philly got off the bus, uh, you know, there was no chance the Giants were winning that game.
0: Well, the, the line for that game is Giants plus four and a half in Washington, which seems a point and a half too high. I watched that entire game where they had the tie, and those teams are pretty even. And now they're basically like begging you to take the Giants. But I, I thought that was a little suspicious. I'm with you on dimes. Heineke, you could throw in there too. Yeah. You know? What do you, look, what do you what make if of it? Heineke goes 11-5-1, and, and, you know, it's like a six seed.
3: You know, and then it, it, we're talking Sam Darnold, you and I, because we've put our entire egg uh, collection into his basket. Yeah. Like, It depends who the coach is. If they bring back Wilkes, that obviously helps. That means that they went on some sort of crazy run and they they found a way. But like Sam Darnold, you look at that. All right, they're winning games, but they're led by the run game. It's pretty shaky. Yeah, uh, they have their
0: scripted plays for him in the first half. But once we get in the second half, he's fast. I mean, worst case scenario, you could use him a little like how Atlanta used Mariota. But. I, he does make me nervous, it, especially when you have money in Carolina. It's like third and nine. You're like, all right, Sam, don't hurt us. So I, I don't, think the ones like the the one that I think is legit good. Who unfortunately might have seven broken ribs right now is Mike White. <laughs> because um, I just I so impressed by some of the throws he makes Tough as and, shit. and his toughness. He got the absolute shit kicked out of him last week and like when he came out of the tunnel it was you're thinking like no no mike let this one go man comes right back Like you got annihilated it was one of those it was like a sports movie hit where his
3: matt milano almost airborne and the guy yeah, yeah
0: his like whole body collapsed but he's gonna try to play this week that's one of the reasons i like the lions this week i really have liked the jets and they've been pretty good to us but um, I just don't see how Mike White's going to be even like 70% and they said Zach Wilson is the number, number two. two. I know. Wait, by the way, would you, would you put Zach Wilson? Like we have this whole list. Would you put Zach Wilson in the kind of mix for next year somehow? He has I don't, to be right.
3: He's on a rookie deal. They're not going to cut him. Like he's not costing But them They that could much. trade him. They could just they like, could. To start they could. over
0: and get rid of him for like a third rounder. You know, or fourth then you rounder. Had,
3: that's a whole other bucket. Like are the Raiders going to keep Carr? They just signed him to a deal this last offseason and he makes a hundred million dollars, but it, it, are the Raiders looking to keep Derek Carr? And if you're the giants or the jets, and now I don't know if Derek Carr works in the New York market. Um, I don't know if that that is a fit, but if you're Tampa, if you're Carolina, is Derek Carr, a guy you're going to trade a first round or second round pick for potentially? Um, we mentioned Brady.
0: Wait, can we hold on Derek Carr for a second? Yeah. I just think he's been bad this year.
3: He has. And he's it doesn't work. Bad. With, look, I, that Thursday night game last week. And I, you know, that everyone, was bad. Here's the other thing. It's like McDaniels didn't trust him enough to just go out and run an offense. Everything was so looking at the sideline deliberate. And then yeah. that move that he did on that third and one where, where Carr just like, you know, just hurries up to the line and does it. That's a very New England Josh McDaniels thing where it's like, all right, we got the nine yards. Just go get the first down. But that didn't make sense in the time of the game when you're trying to kill clock and to lose to the Rams in that fashion. I just don't know if McDaniel's and Derek Carr is a long term fit. They don't for, seem like they trust him. No, they don't. They're,
0: his last his last seven games, it's uh, eleven touchdowns, nine picks, and he's thrown for basically like two hundred twenty yards a game, something like that. But um, I'm just not. I'm not a fan of him if he doesn't. Like if there's any sort of duress, it just seems like he's a different guy, right? Now you could say that about how many quarterbacks could you say, well, if you block for him, he could be pretty yeah. good. I mean, yeah. congratulations. But if you're going to pay somebody $30 million a year, I would expect them to be good, like no matter what the condition of their offensive line is. And I, I just don't see it with him. I think he had a nice little moment last year. But um, I well, don't we know. Thought he like I'm dragging, Tampa, am i am I excited? Like I got Derek Carr next year. I'm not excited about that.
3: All right. You look at those teams, like Washington, like Derek Carr and Washington, like that's a, that's the kind of move that they would make. Indianapolis, Derek Carr makes a lot of sense. Well, for, for Indianapolis, the
0: he'd be better. Yeah. When, right. Once you're talking about guys like, you know, the, the Matt Ryan types, like he's yeah. better than that. But I just, I, uh, I don't think he's long for that one. I could see. So the bigger question to me is the Lamar piece of this. Mm-hmm because somebody can just come in over the top, right? With a with a big offer if they don't put that QB if they don't put that QB tag on them.
3: They can put which, the franchise tag on, which they can. Which, yeah.
0: I, I don't know if that's a great idea for the Ravens.
3: I think it's a good idea for the Ravens. I don't know if Lamar would be kicking and screaming for the Ravens. It's average for one but year. That's a, but that's But that's what one I mean. If they
0: do that, he's just going to be like, "Great. I'm holding out. Fuck you." It's very possible. So Could it be a situation where somebody can't, like the Raiders, some weird team comes in with some massive offer and then the Ravens look at it and go, oh, we can actually get assets for him. We don't have to pay him all this money and we let him move on. I I don't know. There's a durability question with him that I think we have to consider now.
3: Yeah, I I think it's going to be an interesting final few weeks in playoffs. If it's it's this, then it's like, all right, here we go, another year, didn't finish a season. But I don't know. I think they built their entire offense their entire franchise around him not the style of quarterback i think they built it around him they're so i guess so why didn't they pay him last august then i think they tried to lamar wanted to roll this thing out they tried paying him and lamar wanted to roll the dice and he saw the money that watson got he saw the money that kyler murray got and he was like i'm riding this thing out i'm gonna play it all the way to the end you
0: know what it's it's like the gobert trade it's like how the gobert trade screwed up the kevin durant market that the the the, was like, the like, well, we have trade. to get, yeah, we have to get what Gobert got.
3: Absolutely. And the Watson, trade. Watson. And then and, and you remember all the owners were upset because they said, whoa, well, whoa, whoa. And not only are you paying him that all guaranteed, you're paying that guy based on what he's got going on. When I've got a model citizen here in our building and how do I look at him in the eyes and say, you're not worthy of the same money that the Sean Watson got?
0: Well, how about um, the Kyler thing, which we mm. haven't talked since that happened. And that contract was a car crash as it was happening. And now it's like 17 times worse. And it just feels like everyone will be gone next year.
3: Right? It's It's like
0: a complete, complete reset button. It was interesting watching the game when he got hurt. I didn't know if that was good or bad for the Pats because I was so worried about him scrambling around. But on the other hand, I think they played better with McCoy. But McCoy turned out to be a good matchup for the Pats defense. But So he won't be back. That this is the worst possible timing for that injury, right? Even if he's coming back, it's like next season, back near November. end of the season.
3: Yeah, yeah what does like, that do for them? Nothing. It hurts. That the NFC West quarterback, uh, you know, lineup right now is Baker Mayfield as the fourth quarterback in LA, Geno Smith as a veteran who's won a few games this year, early another free agent. On, but- also a free agent. I, th- I actually think Gino comes back to Seattle on a shorter deal, like on a Trubisky ish deal. But I think they bring yeah. him back. Um, and then, but what if got, they
0: get what if they get the third pick in the draft? They might. What if they get they the might, second
3: pick in the draft? I think you still bring back Gino, and then you say, okay, we don't have to throw this guy under center right away, you know. Um, okay. But with. With Kyler, I mean, you saw the unfortunate news. Their GM stepped away like yesterday. Like I, I think that's this is a, a brutal this is like the nadir of like Arizona Cardinals football. And there's been some really dark years over the last two decades, but this is this is brutal. It's it's bleak.
0: Did it pave the way now for Brady and Cliff to have their reunion in New England might, with Cliff as the OC?
3: It might. You know, someone, someone, when we had that conversation, obviously people were chiming in on Twitter, but I get texts from around the like, Someone was like, you guys didn't mention the Giants as a possibility. I said, oh, now listen, I was thinking Jets and they're like, he would never do that to Kraft. He would never go in the division. And, but, but like, Giants for one year. Oh, His that's such a fuck you City. to the
0: Pats fans though. We hate the Giants. <laughs> Two Super Bowl losses.
3: Tough. I get it. But that's like, uh, I didn't. we didn't even talk about the Giants. Daniel Jones is a free agent. Does Brady consider that? And it's like one of these blue blood franchises. It's New York City. Just, you know, we're just doing this in December now, but Brady, I, I would tell you is probably not coming back to Tampa and New England did make a lot of sense, but I don't think the Giants is that crazy either.
0: Brady's another one that if he doesn't have the offensive line, what are we doing? Like, he just, he can't move at all anymore and they can't block for him. Tampa is one of the ones, it's one of the most obvious picks of the year, the Bengals. They gave us the hook, it's Bengals by three and a half, but I just think Tampa, they're one nine and one against the spread the last 11 games. The only one they won was that that uh, that game on foreign soil against Seattle when they just, that was when we realized Seattle's defense sucked. We didn't yep. fully realize it until a couple weeks later. I think Tampa' is one of like the six or seven worst teams in the league. They're still being treated like it's going like the like the on off switch is going to go on, and I' just don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's more realistic that they could go six and eleven than it is that they win the division because <laughs> I don't see an, a a button for them. They have Cincinnati at home, at Arizona, home Carolina, and at Atlanta, and you would say, well, they add Arizona, that's the easy one. Those are two bad teams. Anything
3: could happen in that yeah. game. So that I, could I don't very know. easily it could very easily be three and one though, right? And and then yeah. Brady's hosting a playoff game, and here we go again. We gotta like will ourselves to be doing the Brady thing. Um, I that division's so putrid and so bad. Now we got Ritter going in for Atlanta, and who knows what? I mean, New Orleans. Yeah, what are you hearing about Ritter? Ritter's, Ritter was that guy that everyone in the draft absolutely loved, like off the field, leader and all that stuff. And they've been waiting for him to, to get that yeah. opportunity and off the bye he's in. But I don't know if, you know, at this point, I don't know if he's leading this team to the playoffs right now.
0: That was one of the games I had marked. The Falcons are plus four and a half against the Saints. The Saints have lost six of their last eight. They're four and nine for the year. They have a terrible coaching situation. Their quarterback situation is among the worst. And then you have Atlanta. They've lost five of their last seven. Their two wins were the DJ Moore helmet game. Yep, and they beat Chicago by three in a game that Justin Fields had the big run. Then threw the pick. (laughs) But Atlanta's looking at at New Orleans this week, at Baltimore next week, and then Arizona, Tampa at home.
3: Uh, I don't know. I what
0: what team out of the four NFC South teams? What team do you think is the most? Convinced that they can steal the division because it's definitely not Tampa. Tampa can't be like this is good. It's got to be Carolina, right? Carolina.
3: They've got all the vibes going on, and you know, last week going and playing Seattle and getting that win. I know. That, that building's buzzing right now. They see a light. They see a, a way to get there and they believe in their head coach and their quarterback. So like Carolina's young, good. They've been through so much shit this year that they think somehow we ended up on the other side of this thing. And they're really good in the division. They win those games in the division. So they feel like they can beat Carolina. They could beat Atlanta. They can beat Tampa. They could beat New Orleans. Um that's
0: my that's my favorite game of the favorite game of the uh week. So they're minus two and a half. I've watched a bunch of their games, including the last couple, and they know who they are now. Like, the I, ball. at this point in mid-December, it's like, I like when teams know who they are, and they fucking know who they are. They ran 46 times for 185 in week 13, 10 first downs rushing. And then last week, 46 for 223, 14 first downs rushing. And you have, they're playing Pittsburgh. It might be Trubisky, or be Kenny tr- Pickett coming up no, a No, it might be
3: Mason Rudolph.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you have that. Watt, Watts, they should probably shut down. There's been some articles in Pittsburgh. He's got, came off the pec, which wasn't 100%. Yeah. Apparently had a secret arthroscopic knee surgery. And yeah. now he's got some secret rib issue. And watching, we that was the only million-dollar pick we lost last week.
3: But they he was right non-existent they in the right game. They were right there, though, to the end. They were right there.
0: But, but Trubisky killed him. But last week, they gave up 42 for 215 rushing to Baltimore. They gave 12 first downs. It was... J.K. Dobbins, who looked like he was running on one leg. He doesn't look healthy. And Gus Edwards and second and third string Ravens QB, and they couldn't stop anybody. All they had to do was get one stop, and they still could have stolen the game. So to me, this just looks like, why wouldn't Carolina just completely run the ball over? The other thing with Carolina, fourth in defensive DVOA since week 10. And you can see it in the game. Like They're actually pretty active. They have a pass rush. They have a couple good D-backs. Horn's been really good for Horn's them. Horn's been good. Defensive. I just coach. don't think they're a five and eight team. I, I think they're being treated spread wise like they're a five and eight team, but I don't think they're a five and eight team.
3: Did you put anything down before this season, NFC South Carolina? I know you were I did. high. On I, you you I did had them at nine to one. Yeah. Nine to one. That's a good But I mean that's... five weeks ago it was 35 to 1. Did you double
0: down? I did not. <laughs> I did not. Well it was Baker Mayfield was still there. It wasn't yeah. the Darnold thing. I liked I said to Sal on Sunday night, he had that interview after the game. And they're like, Sam, the what's going on? It's like, hey, man, run the ball. That's what we do. We run the ball. And I'm like, that's it, Sam. You just you don't fucking forget that. But he'll have the two scrambles. He's not bad. He's you know, he's he can throw like three good long ones, which Mariota can't do. He'll throw two that the other team can maybe grab, maybe not. They'll drive basically the two of, but he'll move around. Like he's, he's mobile. And anyway, what, what are we going to say about QBs? I was going to
3: say QBs, the, the biggest wild card, and I didn't, haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I know Ryan interviewed him on his podcast, but the biggest wild card to me is wherever Sean Payton ends up if he goes back into coaching mm. because he's going to want a quarterback. I talk to Sean every Sunday, and it's like he watches the game. He, If anything, I think it's fascinating. This is his one-year sabbatical. We sit at Fox in LA. And it's like, you have this thing called the, the green room, which is also known as in Fox as the avocado room. And it's, you just, you watch all the games and you're sitting there with Howie long and Michael Strahan and Michael yeah. Vick and Charles Watson. And it's like a sports bar, but it's all these guys, you know, and Sean Payton is so dialed in. He's got all 12 games on. He's watching each one. He's got his comments. And I think if he comes back, wherever it is, I think he's not coming back to have some project at quarterback. He's going to want one of the guys. And whether that's uh. You know, one of the free agents we mentioned, or they trade for somebody. I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see where he goes. And that could be the biggest wild card, um, quarterback wise, in the free agent market.
0: What is his deal with the Saints? Like, could he just go coach another team, or would there be compensation?
3: I think there would be compensation. He's still under contract, technically, with the Saints. I might be talking out of school a little bit because I'm not sure all the details, but I don't think it would be as easy as, hey, I'm just going to be pick like, hey, we've team. hired
0: Sean Payton. The yeah, Saints and are if still going to be like, to what's go back? happening?
3: If he was to go back to New Orleans with Jeff Duncan, who's the, you know, the the lead beat reporter in New Orleans said last week, and I, that doesn't come from Sean. I don't know that if he does go back to New Orleans, I think it's as easy as, hey, I'm back and he's already under contract. And last year he didn't get paid, but I think they would work out a deal. And it's yeah, like, but the
0: problem is they bankrupted that team to try to win the Super Bowl the last few years. Like they, their cap situation's awful. They don't have their first round pick this year. If I'm him you you just have to look at the Chargers and the Chargers are one of the games I like this week, right? They're seven and six. You could make a case they got Tennessee home at Indy, home Rams at Denver, that they could just be eleven and six and be a five seed,
3: absolutely, and everything will
0: be fine, and Brandon Staley won't be in trouble and all that. But if they fucking blow this, that would be the. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm just looking around. I'm like, oh, I could have Herbert and be in LA. Done. I know. Sign and me you, up. You talking if you're about the Chargers.
3: You have an identity. You have Sean Payton and, and and Herbert, and that's the thing. Like you talk about quarterbacks all you want, we could do flips about Garoppolo or Geno Smith or yeah. Tom Brady or even Lamar. Like Justin Herbert's in a different deal for, especially a guy like Payton who wants to throw the ball. So yeah, I think that would be a really um, intriguing opportunity for for him. I I don't know if Staley's on the rock. I, I think if they lose out, obviously that's a hot seat and everything to watch, but. From what I gather, like I don't know if that that group is looking to to blow everybody out at the end of the season. I feel like they think they're gonna make the playoffs and I'm not sure that spot's gonna be available.
0: It's interesting to look back at their season because it's seven and six and it feels disappointing, right? But then you look at some of the losses. That K C game week two, they easily could have won. That was the game Herbert got hurt.
3: Amazon debut, yes. Right.
0: They get killed by Jacksonville the next week. But Herbert probably had cracked ribs or something yeah. going on, right? They lose to Seattle at home in just a weird game where Seattle played great and whatever. I'm, I, I'm not going to throw the Houston, it out. I'm, no,
3: but is the Houston game in there? Because you remember, Houston, they beat, but they were up huge on Houston. And you and I, or we had Chargers in this one, and all of a sudden, yeah, no, all of a sudden Houston's like winning, right? And we're like, how is that happening? Well, That's what they, they had do.
0: Each week, it seemed like they had another big injury. They lost to San Francisco by six and Casey by three. They lost to Las Vegas in week 13, but they no Mike Williams in that game and they're still missing. No, but they dudes. were up last to week nothing. No, they were. But last week was the first week it felt like they had most of their team. Yep. And it looks like Herbert looks like Herbert again. Hey, so, in the
3: fourth quarter, he's got that third and three. He hits Allen. Third and seven hits Allen. Second and seven. And you guys laugh about Collinsworth. And, uh, you know, Tariko yeah. was falling off his chair. That's a seed. I was like, right. these guys, they love watching Herbert, you know? And I, look, I've done this too many times over the last few years where they get a big win and they play clutch in the fourth quarter and we're like, the Chargers they is they a are. statement. They're back. The, the, I know. And then the following week. So Titans come in here. Fresh off firing their GM and three straight losses. Derrick Henry, you know, who usually owns the Jaguars, has a big game, but they still lose by 20 to Jacksonville at home. I, yeah. This, there is no excuse to lose the Titans. And yet, if we were here Monday morning or Sunday night when you're with Sal, would you be the slightest bit surprised if it was 27 24 Titans?
0: No. And I think that's why the line hasn't moved. The Chargers are favored by three and it's been pretty steady. And if you look at the money on the different sites, it's, it's, You know, some sites, it's like 80% charges money. FanDuel, it's like 65% charges money. But the line hasn't moved. It's Chargers (laughs) minus three, and it just will not move. And I think the reason is because I think Tennessee has rightfully earned fear with people who have gone against them, and all of a sudden, Tennessee's winning. They're like, what the fuck is happening? Why am I not winning? How is this Tennessee team doing this again? I think the difference is, so last four weeks, they're 31st and past DVOA. And the only reason I looked that up was because watching the games, it just seems like everybody's throwing them than that. Now they don't have the Nico Autry and he's good, I think good, questionable good to play pressure. this yeah. week, but it just seems like everybody finally realized let's throw on these guys. And the reason I'm bringing that up is that's what the chargers, I think that's who they are right now, especially the Williams and Allen back. I think it's a bad matchup for Tennessee. Their last Nine weeks, points scored, 21, 19, 17, 17, 17, 27, 16, 10, 22. Mm. They're just not explosive enough, right? So for them to win a game like this, it's got to be that ugly 19 to 13 type game. I think the Chargers are too explosive now. Nate 23 last week, it felt like a bigger game than that, didn't it?
3: Yeah, and they put the game away, and then they scored late. The you know the the Dolphins to cut the lead, but that one once they had that long fourth quarter drive, it was over. And Allen and Williams being healthy is such a huge asset. Yeah, I thought tough. that was it was enormous. Now their defensive backfield is completely riddled, and they were down big, and they had had a great scheme against Miami where they're going to press Tyreek Hill and they're going to press Waddle mm. and they're going to follow those guys and. They only beat him once, on, and it was when Mike Davis, forty-three, like he got tripped up, and then they hit Tyreek deep. But they they schemed themselves to that one. They're they're hurt on defense all over the place.
0: Yeah, I liked how they played Tennessee. The the ones, and it's probably a stay away. But like if Archer gets scratched. And Burks, if he doesn't play again, because they really have missed Burks. And Burks, you could feel in the Philly game, like he made that huge touchdown, the whole wind out of their
3: sails. Yeah, yeah,
0: without him, they just—they're not scary. They don't have a single receiver who's going to do anything downfield. So their tight end, that backup tight end, has been up their deep threat. The rookie, he's good. He's—he's listen. It's fantasy playoffs this week, and that guy's starting for teams in uh in fantasy. Um, wait. Last thing on the quarterbacks. We mentioned everybody, so we think Seattle's keeping Geno.
3: I think so. This is this is based on Pete's love for Geno Smith and the fact that you know he's a great veteran to have either way, whether he's starting or he's your number two. They'll keep. And Heineke, if
0: if Heineke makes the playoffs, he probably keeps his job.
3: I think, I don't know, but I wouldn't be, you know, it's like, I'm, you look at Washington, do they, do they see him as the future of the franchise? It's a great story, but there's still that bias against guys who just are not the highly drafted guys. And they're certainly mm. not having all the physical tools, but they love him.
0: And we both think Brady's playing next year.
3: I think Brady's playing. I,
0: I would, I would bet a lot of money on it. I would. <laughs> and i I, just, I really think New England's a possibility. I know people think I'm crazy, but i, hey, I know kind of, there's been combos
3: What kind of feedback do you get on the manning cast when you said that on on e s p n two Was there a lot of text coming through same kind of no nobody, no one saying that's outrageous
0: Nobody who would know anything saying that's insane he would never go back. I think there's a feeling that it's not insane.
3: You were good uh, on that. Com- you, you were good. Thank Joe you. Burrow. Joe Burrow did you a solid there. That was a nice opening uh, act. Following Joe Burrow is great. <laughs> That's what you got to do.
0: <laughs> uh, couple, couple more games just from a million-dollar pick standpoint. Underdog parlay. Okay. Falcons plus 184 over the Saints. I like the 184 more than the plus four and a half because to me it's like if Ritter's good or decent,
3: yeah, I do upgrade. think they could
0: beat the Saints. Yeah. Um, I love the Falcons running game. I like all of the running backs. Um and I, I think Mariota really hurt them. Like I test just watch them week to week. Like they w- once it was third and whatever, they just couldn't complete third downs with him unless they're that, running it.
3: That Thursday night game against Carolina in my head oh. where he's throwing it's like you're a veteran, you can't be doing that, you can't be fumbling. Can I can I tell you the one Ritter story that I love that I have in my yeah. Okay, so Senior Bowl, which is like the two worst teams are the coaching staffs and they go out there and they roll the ball out and you get all these guys and I get so much good information coming out of the Senior Bowl because all those seniors are with these coaching staffs, and the coaches yeah. are like, we're probably not drafting this guy, but here's what you should know about him. The Jets coaches told me this one that they were in the Senior Bowl. And it's like the end of the game. No one's watching. It's over. Whatever. And Desmond Ritter's their quarterback, and he's been great all week. The Pied Piper of the team. Everyone's following him everywhere he goes. And Desmond Ritter like goes up and down the sidelines like he's, you know, like Michael Strahan in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And he's like, "We're winning this game. We're winning this game. I'm taking us on this drive." And the Jets coaches were like, "Who the hell is this guy?" And what did Desmond Ritter do? Like they all like got jacked up, and he took him right down the field. Now does it that sounds like our guy Purdy. It sounds like Brock Purdy, right? But like, does that translate till to Sunday against the Saints? I don't know, but I do know this: he's waited all season. He's been with this team all season, and they spent the entire bye week with him as their guy. And he's now Smart. with the number ones. I, I got it. Then Mariota really took off.
0: He was like a jilted lover.
3: What, what happened there? I think, he just I think left. Mariota, No, I think his wife gave birth and everyone's like reporting this as if he ran away. I think he had a kid. Oh, is that like true? I don't, I don't like know if he that's left. out there publicly. That's what I that's oh. what I've been told. So let's let's give him a little slack
0: here. <laughs> So underdog parlay, Falcons plus one eighty four, are you intrigued?
3: Yeah, a lot.
0: A lot. And then Colts plus one seventy two in Minnesota. Mm, mm. No, no, Stay no. away? Yeah, come on. The I know we're down stats. on Minnesota.
3: I know. I know. And Donatel's defense has given up like 400 yards the past four weeks. It's incredible.
0: Since week eight, Indy is 29th in DVOA and Minnesota is 26th. Gosh,
3: did we not They've set been, the stage perfectly last week? We did 20 minutes on why we can't trust the Vikings. And then they're like, we oh, got yeah. so many tweets, both of us, from Vikings fans being like, we're going to, pre- yeah, it's just, you yeah. know, sometimes.
0: It's pretty rough. Um, a couple other underdog possibilities. We have the Jaguars, who I don't trust and I don't want to put in the underdog parlay, but let's talk it out. Plus wow. 172 against Dallas wow. wow.
3: Should we? It's intriguing. All right, let's set the stage. I, I do we like
0: got- them more. I like them more as an underdog versus them minus three and a half against a team they should totally. beat. That's when I don't want to take the Jags.
3: Totally. It's um, like,
0: oh, could you get a little frisky? I, the reason to do it, I think is there has been some ceiling stuff with them. Like, they oh my God. they'll look really good for like an hour and a half. And Lawrence I don't know what's great. going on with Dak.
3: Lawrence looks great. Dak did not look great until the final drive. Micah Parsons last week had no sacks, no tackles for a loss, no yeah. nothing. Like, he, is, he was quiet. It was the first time some we Some secondary play injuries game. for Dallas. Secondary injuries. Curse got hurt in the pregame. Um, here, Here's the the, this is why I'm not. Solak or some of these other guys who are so good with the numbers. Here's the stuff that I can offer. We're gonna be watching France Argentina, okay? And that's on Fox. Yeah. Then it's bleeding into the early one o'clock window. Do you know where the Fox A crew is this weekend? Do you know where they sent Burkhardt Olsen and Aaron Andrews? To where? Jacksonville.
0: Oh wow. National
3: National Broadcast Game. Okay. So if I'm the Jaguars, I'm like, we're never the team that's in front of the national broadcast audience. We're never the team that gets that window. Gonna have a huge audience. Off of this messy Mbappe matchup. Let's go out and have some fun. Let's go up and shock the Cowboys. Cowboys, they're always on big games. They're always ready to go. They always look at it as okay, we're the national team. If you're the Jaguars, this is the first time. I mean, I think last year, week one, Saints played the Packers in Jacksonville, didn't involve the Jaguars. There was a Super Bowl on Fox, which the Eagles and the Patriots didn't involve the Jaguars. I have no recollection of. The Fox number one team ever being sent to Jacksonville for a Jaguars game. I don't know if that motivates players. I don't know if your view, your listeners are like Schrager. Just please shut up. No one cares about this stuff. I think of that as a little motivation. People are watching us. And we have the number one you know broadcast game this week. Let's go show out. Counter. Forty thousand Dallas fans there. <laughs> All Dallas, maybe. I don't know. Fifty. But don't you realize at home that someone in Idaho is watching the Jaguars for the first time? I know. Yeah.
0: Jaguars last five, they beat Vegas in week nine, lost to KC by 10 in a game that was a little closer than that by week, beat Baltimore, got killed by Detroit, which seems less terrible than maybe it did in the moment because Detroit's, you know, been like kind of, at least statistically a top 17 now for a while. And then uh, they beat Tennessee pretty handily last week. I don't know what to make of Dallas. I mean, uh, Jacksonville, probably a stay away. So then. That leaves, as another underdog possibility, the Giants mm. in Washington. I don't know, man. <laughs> getting a lot of points, and I don't like that one either. Or They're getting, uh, it's plus 190. Or the game you're doing. Okay. You could do the whole thing where you're like, I can't pick that. I'm I bet, doing oh, I've the always game. wanted to be that
3: guy.
0: Yeah, I'm doing the game. I can't
3: used to be Collinsworth and Sims and inside the NFL. I can't pick this one, guys. I just can't. two got to be ob- objective. Dolphins plus
0: 245. And everyone is done with the Dolphins now because they look bad last week. And Tua just throws three picks up for grabs. But I'm not that sold on Buffalo. No, Buffalo has I them. don't think they've looked good at all. And I, I think from th- not having Von Miller anymore, what's the deal with Miami's offensive line?
3: Yeah, so Armstead is literally, you know, going out there with scotch tape and putting it together, but you could tell he's not himself with this injury, but it's amazing he's playing. Uh they've got actually the the other tackle's playing well and, and then one guard is down, the other one's are right. like their offensive line is beat up and they haven't had Austin Jackson most of the season. So it's they're they're putting it together with a little scotch tape here, but I don't think uh Hunt, from what I gather, is necessarily a hundred percent either. Like we could talk interior line play if you want, but it just in general they avoided the run game entirely that last week when that would have maybe been the strategy. I just don't know if they trust their offensive line enough.
0: Well, Miami, right. If they're not going to run the ball last week, they're probably not going to run the ball this week, and that's probably how to beat Buffalo. Man, it doesn't look like we have an underdog parlay this week. Unless... Right. Uh,
3: Carolina yeah. favored versus Pittsburgh?
0: No, they're not. Carolina's they're not. favored.
3: Oh, Carolina's you, Unless favored. you like
0: Colt McCoy and the uh, and the Cardinals plus three <laughs> no. in Denver. Are they underdogs? in no? Denver. Yeah, they no. are. Plus, plus three, no. or the Rams plus two forty against the Packers. No, no. all right, what, I'll figure it out after. What
3: about the fight in Houston, Texans? What do they got? What well, do they got? This plus three?
0: fourteen against the Chiefs. <laughs> they're not winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one is the that, that I was thinking for a million dollars. Just the uh, the Eagles are. Minus nine and minus 400 against the bears. Yeah. And it's going to be like 20 degrees. It's going to be cold, but they're the best team in the league. And the bears are either the worst or second worst team in the league. And the Eagles now 16 and ones in play. Jalen hurts for MVP is in play. And I just, they're, they're too, they're too good in too many different ways. Offensively. I I just don't see a world where it's like, Oh my God, they're down 17, seven to the bears.
3: I was at MetLife last week and Fox had me go and do a sit down with Sirianni before the game and they come off the bus and it's like my six foot eight, 300. Yeah. And Dominick and Sue's behind him. Lane Johnson, Kelsey. Now everyone's big in the NFL. I get that. They just carry themselves like they are the like biggest. Yeah. yeah. The biggest bullies in the land. And yeah. they came into MetLife and it was like they sacked Daniel Jones on the first two out of the three get plays. You're like, all right, this game's over. I. They're going on the road, of course, but they did this last week on the road. They've gone on the road a bunch this season and won. I think if they could do what they did to the Giants and win by 26 points, I have no doubt they could do that to a Bears team that is riddled with injuries, and I'm not even sure what version of Justin Fields we're getting.
0: The counter would be Chicago's lost six in a row, but like they hung tough with Miami. They went toe-to-toe with Dallas for at least three quarters, and then it fell apart. They almost beat the Lions. Came close against the Falcons. Got killed by the Jets. No shame in that. The Jets are good. And okay. then uh, lost to Green Bay by nine. But yeah, it feels like, if you're the Bears, what? why are you trying to win this game? Just grab your top three pick. Let's go. Because they could be in the situation where, you know, they don't need a quarterback. No. But they could be in that, like, when Miami traded the Trey Lance pick situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, or... Us- Give us get a your great first. Defensive,
3: get a great defensive player in the top five that you can build around. That's also great, you know?
0: Any insight on that Miami-Buffalo game that you didn't give us already about just because you're working it? Anything you Yeah, learned?
3: you know, it's it's. I'm going to be hopping on the phone with uh, Mike McDaniel and Tua after we record this, and it's Thursday afternoon, but the big story is the weather and whether this team, I mean, quite tr- truly is tough enough and man enough to yeah. go up there and play in the weather. They're talking... Fifteen degrees. They're talking Oof. snow that could be up to seven twenty percent
0: twenty percent chance of snow, right?
3: Twenty well, no, more than that. They're saying that by the like like yeah, it's gonna oh, be God. They're, they're talking snow and then there's twenty mile per hour winds. And here I am, you know, pretty boy in Brooklyn trying to, you know, find my my snow stuff. But if you're the Dolphins, you don't deal with that weather. And you're coming up there and Mike McDaniel, as you saw, as I'm sure you saw, wore the shirt yesterday. I want it colder. like. And he's been answering questions all about this. He's trying to lean into it. Um, I'm not sure this team with uh, a banged up offensive line and uh, yeah. a running game that's been non-existent, if these are the elements. But here's the thing. Even if they somehow make the playoffs or if they win and, and, and they lose and somehow make the playoffs, or if they win and, and they're in the playoffs, whatever it is, at some point in January, they're going to have to do some sort of gauntlet with Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Baltimore, like, sorry, you're in the AFC. And in this time period, like, you have to go outside and win in the cold to, to do anything. So they're built for September, October, but don't tell them that. They were, they're leaning into it. They like being called soft. They like being told they can't do it. So just the opposite of them kind of blowing it off. They, they are well aware of what the national narrative is. And let's see if they can shut everyone up.
0: I think it's more realistic that they miss the playoffs than they make the playoffs.
3: Crazy, because you know, after you know, we're going into Thanksgiving, it was like two was MVP talk.
0: I don't really love what I'm seeing. I wonder what do you think their what do you think their odds are? I'm going to go on Fanduel. What do you think their odds are to make the playoffs? If you to well, guess? here
3: they lost to the Bengals, so they don't have that tiebreaker. They lost to the Jets. Right now, they don't have that tiebreaker, and then they lost obviously to so the Chargers last Not week. Not even
0: on Fanduel. Fanduel's like we're out. They
3: don't know. They want to see.
0: They want to see Chargers minus one seventy. Yes.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think so. There's yeah, that little, seems like uh, pretty safe. Hey, but we, that's we the did thing:
0: a, is Tennessee could. could
3: we did pop a thing them. on on Good Morning Football, and just because I know you love the eighties, nineties stuff, like I did a whole thing today about what that rivalry meant, like Dolphins yeah. Bills, like Marino and Kelly, and and all those Brian Cox moments. It has been dormant for two decades because of the Patriots. This is the first time. Since nineteen ninety-three, where they're playing each other this late in the season and they're in first and second in the division.
0: AFC NFC South Division on FanDuel, Tampa still minus three twenty. Really? Carolina four to one. Come on. Falcons 13 to 1. <laughs> so let's just talk through this one really fast. The Desmond Ritter senior bowl story got you going. Oh, a little little Desmond Ritter action. <laughs> but let's say they win this, they're six and eight. At Baltimore, no Lamar. Home Arizona, and then Tampa last week of the season. Like could, they almost could beat they get last to eight time. nine. Eight nine's going to win the NFC South. Thirteen to one.
3: I just can't imagine you shifting your allegiance. We've been all Carolina fifteen. No, weeks I know. To the I'm season. just. I'm saying like
0: over betting under Atlanta and underdog parlay. It's almost better to just bet them to win the division at thirteen to one. Should it's we Better, do that? Should better that be odds even said? and a better scenario. I
3: can get behind
0: um, that. All right, Schrager. So what's your what, your Giants Washington prediction was what?
3: I just have no prediction. Stay away. I'm I'm this. I'm very scared of that game altogether. I have no idea what to expect. I think Washington wins, but I have no. I, I don't know. I'm going to see.
0: There's a bet on Fanduel.
3: Yeah. What is it?
0: Washington Giants tie first half. Okay. <laughs> Washington wins the game, and it's sixteen to one. Is, and I think we're going to throw in a million dollar picks because I want to root for a been, tie
3: in the first half. There has never been a bet that is more up your alley than a tie in the first half. And us with 30 seconds left in the, in the second quarter, screaming like, for so, a screaming team to call, call like, yeah. So
0: guess who tied in the first half two weeks ago? Washington Giants, and the
3: Giants. Giants and wa- hey, one thing on that game. They get back yeah. Chase Young. They get back uh, a couple other guys. They're off the bye. I feel like Washington's fresh. and I, I don't know. Giants last week. It, pretty listless.
0: Plus, Barkley looks... Are we going to find out afterwards that he's got like a torn rotator cuff or something?
3: That dude's in the final year of his contract. He isn't missing crap. He's playing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right. Schraggs, good to see you. Good luck this week on the sideline. Give us some sort of shout out. Yeah. Some like, should I do
3: just a to the: readers. Burnett? Like, should I tug my ear for the readers and the listeners? Or should I go with let's go? I mean, I, I, we got to think of something that I can do that Saturday night on NFL Network. You're like, oh, that's what Schrager looks like. Okay. I've been annoyed by his takes all year. There's what it looks <laughs> like. That's it. No, we're, we're back, baby. We're in we for we're are. dollar We're, fix. Are. we're, we're back. back. All right. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you,
0: Bill. This episode is brought to you by simply safe summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend simply safe award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home. It's great. Couldn't work better. I think simply safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others, real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60 day money back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at slash BS. That is simply safe with two us slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Million dollar picks, week 15, we're back, baby. We are back. We won $2.9 million last week. Our first really, really big week of the season. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the field. I'm like Joe Burrow right now. I'm just, I'm throwing dimes. I'm seeing the coverage. I'm doing the checkdowns. I got it. Down 194,000 for the season. And we're going to be positive after today. One of the reasons I feel like Joe Burrow, I'm seeing the landmines. I'm seeing that safety shading over to the wide receiver. That's the Chargers-Titans game. Man, the Chargers look tasty. Chargers minus three. Titans kind of reeling. Hmm, why is the line only three? I'm staying away. Same thing for Washington. I liked Washington. Why are they favored by four and a half? Are too many people on Washington? I'm staying away. I only like three games this week. First one, the Carolina Panthers. They've been good to us. For the last couple weeks, they can run the hell out of the ball. Last two weeks, 46 for 185 rushing and 46 for 223 rushing. This is what they do. They run the ball. Guess who hasn't stopped the run lately? The Steelers. They gave up 42 for 215 against the Ravens. J.K. Dobbins on one leg. No Lamar Jackson. What the hell is that? I think this Steelers season is over. I don't think TJ Watt's healthy. Najee Harris is hurt. Fryer hurt. We'll see if they play. Carolina's only laying two and a half at home. They can run the slate and they can win the NFC South. They got Pittsburgh this week. They got the Lions next week uh, at Tampa, home New Orleans. I think they win three of those four. I think they go eight and nine. I think they win the NFC South. I think they cover this week. We're betting $1 million on the Panthers minus two and a half over Pittsburgh. Second game. I'm in on Desmond Ritter. I've been in on him since the draft. I think Mariota was killing the Falcons the last few weeks. Now I have Atlanta in New Orleans. They're getting four and a half. I feel like this should be a three-point game. What the hell is so good about the Saints? You look at the Saints, they have lost six of their last eight. One of them was they just killed Las Vegas, and the other was they beat the Rams by seven. Congratulations. They're still kind of lingering in the NFC South, but not really four and nine. Had one of the worst losses of the year against Tampa. Atlanta can run the hell out of the ball. That's what they do. But Mariota was so bad that teams were just loading up on that and they had no plan B. I like this Desmond Ritter situation. I love the Falcons plus four and a half. I think this is a three-point game. I think they can go into New Orleans and win. We're betting $900,000 on that. I'll explain why later. The last game is a parlay. We've been avoiding parlays. We've been doing straight-up picks. That's one of the reasons that we've been doing well. But you have the Bengals in Tampa laying three and a half, and that extra half point scares me. This game looks too obvious. That also scares me. I just want the Bengals to win. The Bengals are better than Tampa. Tampa is hot garbage. They're 1-9-1 and against the spread in the last 11 games. Game after game, they fall. they fall behind, and they either come back or they get blown out. I just don't think they're good. I think Tampa is a bad football team. I think they're one of the seven worst teams in the league. And I think Cincinnati is one of the best five or six. So all I need Cincinnati to do is just win this game in Tampa because I am parlaying them with the Philadelphia Eagles, the best team in the league, a team that is going to go 16-1, and a team that is going to win Jalen Hurts, the MVP. They're in Chicago. They're nine-point favorites. We're just grabbing the money line, minus 400, putting that with the Bengals' money line, which is around 195. Putting that together, minus 114. We're betting $900,000 on that. Bengals and Eagles both have to win. Those are our three big bets. Then we got two more. Underdog parlay. Falcons mentioned them before. I wanted to save a little 50K for the underdog parlay. Putting them with the Jaguars, plus four and a half. You heard Ruiz and Solak talk about before how great Trevor Lawrence has been. I know he's a little banged up, but he's going against Dallas. Dallas has not looked that good the last couple weeks. Falcons, Jags, put them together. That's plus 639. We're putting 50K on that. And then last but not least, one of the dumbest and yet one of the most fun bets in the history of million-dollar picks. There's a parlay you could do on, on, on Fando, which we did last week. We won with San Francisco to win the first half against Tampa and then San Francisco to win the game. And that was like around even odds. It was plus 115. Great. This week, we're going to tackle the Washington Giants game. This is really stupid, but it happened two weeks ago. We're going to bet on Washington and the Giants to tie in the first half. They're going to tie. The score might be 3-3. It might be 6-6, 10-10. They're going to tie. Nobody's going to have lead win the first half. And then Washington is going to win the game. 16-1 odds on FanDuel. Tie first half. Washington wins the second half. What is going to be more fun than rooting for a tie in this terrible Sunday night game that's going to be 3-3 at halftime and we'll be rooting for it? 16-1 odds, putting 50K on that. And those are the million-dollar picks for week 15. All right, as promised, Malik Monk in Detroit. He's on a road trip and the Kings were nice enough to uh, let me grab some time with him. So here it is. All right. My guy Malik is here. We're taping this. It is a Thursday afternoon. He just arrived in Detroit. The Light the Beam Kings won a big game in Toronto last night. I was watching that. The road trip would not have been off to a good start with the third straight loss. I I was starting to get a little worried, but you guys stepped up.
4: Yeah, man, that was, that was, that was a big point Um, in, in, in the conversation, man. We can't, we can't lose three, three in a row, especially on the road trip, man. We can't lose three in a row going to um, uh, another tough spot here in Detroit too, man. They they always play great at home, so um, we definitely had to get that one last night. Yeah, because you guys were in this
0: spot where where I was starting to take you seriously as a playoff team, right? And that like around the country, people are like, "Ah, oh, this isn't like a cute thing. We're now past twenty five games. The Kings are good. Like, where are they? Could they be a top six team?" And, and so then you go on this road trip. You kind of have to prove it. Teams are looking at you a little differently. They're not thinking it's the same old Sacramento anymore. I've, I'm a Celtic fan. I've, (laughs) you guys have been my West Coast team this year. Just watching on TV because for whatever reason the pieces just fit, and it's just it's a team that makes sense. Everybody knows their roles already. I saw you guys in person when you played the Clippers. Um, When did when did you know? Something was happening here. Like cause you signed there this summer, but when did you see all the pieces and we're like, oh shit, we might actually be pretty good?
4: I seen the pieces when me and Kev signed, actually. Um I I knew I knew it would be a great, a great mesh um uh, soon as me and Kev um signed, um, having Fox and and, and Sabonis um yeah running, and 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 us two spacing the four for them. So yeah, man, I I knew I knew early. Okay, good cuz we the over
0: under in Vegas for you guys was like 35 wins. And we were saying when we were doing our preseason podcast we were like the Kings are going to be good. That seems like they they're, they're going to be at least 500, but I think you've been better than that, you personally. So in high school you're like a top 10 recruit in the country, right? You go to Kentucky. That's like the school to go to. Good good year. Go into the league. Charlotte Does it that that's a weird team? There's a lot of redundancy in the positions, it never quite happens there. You end up on the Lakers, also a pretty weird situation. And it feels like this is the first year you've been on the right team that kind of gets who you are and what you do. Is that fair?
4: Um, kind of a little bit. The Lakers, the Lakers let me be me, um, as much as they can while we had Russ, um, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, man, Mike, Mike just told me to go out there and be myself and, and and he never tried to take anything away from me. So what, what is it situation with, with guys like you, mm-hmm. because you're such a
0: good scorer and you have the ability to just heat up at any time. And you have these moments where it's like, like yesterday in Toronto, where it's like, all right, Oh, here we go. He's, he's feeling it. This is going to be like a little three minute stretch. Why is it so hard to, for guys like that to find the right teams? Because I would just think that would translate to any team.
4: Yeah, um, you go, you go to a team where it's it's already orchestrated, um, where where the team is, they got their first five, and they got they two or three bench guys that's coming off, and 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 you're not involved in that. Um, right. Then some other instances, um, you get hurt. Um, somebody else playing better than you. Um, then you got to work your way back. But yeah, man, it's, it's just situations, man, and, and and being out there on the court um and actually just getting reps um will, will make everybody um it will just me. It made me more comfortable and and it made me the player I am, actually. I've been I've been like this, but like you said, just I I needed the situation and I needed a chance to just go out there and prove what I could do. Well, one of the things with you is I like when you have
0: the ball. Like you're not a point guard, but you're one of those guys that, you know, Jordan Clarkson's like this. There's some dudes that they're shooters, but it's actually you can kind of create and run offense for them. And like on the Lakers last year, even though you, you're you putting up stats, but there was a lot of times where it was like, hey, go stand over there. And these guys yeah. are going to do stuff. And I don't feel like you're a stand over there guy. Like, he, like it seems like the key to, for you to succeed. And this is what I think the Kings have done so well the ball moves, people are moving, people are cutting, people are getting open and everybody kind of, it's not one of those, you guys stand over here as this one guy dribbles team, yeah, exactly. which is a really hard place to be. But I think Sabonis is the key to that. He's, he's such a
4: unique yeah. asset, right? He's so much fun to play with. So unselfish, man, as a big, and sometimes he's too unselfish. Um, and, and, and I think that we all feed off of that. Um, Fox is unselfish, of course. Um, we all, we all just want the same thing, man. And that's wins. Win basketball games, um, Kev might go off one night. HB might go off one night. TD might go off one night. I might go off. Don Moss gonna do what he yeah. does. Fox gonna do what he do, man. So um, we we just a perfect mess. It's pretty good. And also, Herder
0: was an, I don't know how they got Herder.
3: Like,
0: oh yeah. Uh, like yeah. Atlanta, I don't know. They just had a lot of guys. And they're like, yeah, all right, we'll save some money. We'll trade Herder. It's like Herder's a playoff guy. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> trading him? That guy could be in a playoff series.
4: Oh, Kev, my dog, man. I love
0: care. Yeah, well, what are you going to do about the headband with him, though? Oh. Uh, <laughs> at some point, you got to have a serious talk with him, right?
4: That's a of question, man. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> you got to ask him now.
0: <laughs> maybe one night at like 11 o'clock, you're just going to be like, hey, man, can we talk about maybe for the playoffs, maybe a different kind of look? Yeah. Um So going backwards, you're on this Kentucky team. Then now look at all the guys from that team. I mean, it's it's... Go like going backwards. It's one of those rosters you look at, like Jesus. Yeah, we. Oh my God.
4: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, me Bam. Uh, Fox. Um, who else we had? Briscoe. Um, he's doing his thing overseas. Um, Well, I mean, shit,
0: Bam. Yeah. Nobody knew Bam was going to turn into. Did you know that in college? Did you see this NBA uh, version of
4: him? Yeah, of course. Um, we all had to sacrifice some. Um, when we went to when we went to Kentucky. Um, yeah. I had to sacrifice not having the ball, not bringing the ball up. Because my whole career, I was—I mean, my whole high school career—I was having the ball in my hand, bringing, yeah. the, ball up, bringing the ball up, playing a point guard, um, and I had to get that up to Fox um, to run off screens, and Bam had to give everything else up to to set screens and and, and just catch the ball and post up. Man, um, we all we all had a lot of stuff that that we had to sacrifice to 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 work uh, to make Kentucky work, and I mean it's, it's it's working out for us. So you got two of you guys are back together, but then I remember you played. You played
0: Miami at some point this season. I was thinking like, Oh, this is cool. These guys I was yeah. like when the guys who logged in all the time together when they were eighteen, you see each other guy. I mean, you it must be like you guys must all be still close, right?
4: Oh yeah, of course. We we uh, we got we still got our group chat from um college. Um uh, we, we we talk in it almost every other day or every day. Uh, yeah, we still keep 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 close touch.
0: Well, the you could argue the Kings have a better chance to go further in the playoffs this year than than Miami does. Miami's been struggling. (laughs) 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 They give Bam some shit. Um, (laughs) What uh, what do you see going forward with this Kings team? Like, what you know, you're getting these reps. Everybody takes you seriously now. I one of the things I liked, especially I saw in person, is like everybody kind of knows their roles already, which I think is pretty rare for. A team that has some new pieces. Like Young you guys teams, know like yeah. who our nine is, who our 10 is, who's mm-hmm. playing when, who's going in. If you're if you're getting hot in the fourth quarter, they'll keep you out longer, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But so what else needs to happen? What are the next steps?
4: Um uh, really locking in on the defensive end, um, because our offense is always gonna be there. Yeah. Uh, we really just gotta buy in to 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 everybody's moving as one on the defensive end. And and when we do that, we're it's it's gonna be sky's the limit. I was surprised in person. This is why I,
0: I love going. One of the many reasons I love going to basketball games. Keegan Murray's fucking tall. Yeah, he, he, like he's, he's like a big yeah, ass dude. Yeah. He looks like he's like six ten.
4: Yeah, he, he's big now. <laughs> he's way taller than I thought too. When I when I first when I seen him playing at Iowa, um, yeah, he's and, really he's and he's smooth. And he's like, cool. yeah, he's just like yeah. there's an
0: easiness to him. I liked him. I thought I was like I liked him in college, but in person I was like, oh, this guy. Like yeah. he, you can just see what he is. He's stretched stretch four or three. He can just kind of go back and forth. But uh it just seemed like he was fun to play with too, which I think one of the things I like about the Kings is everybody seems like they're fun to play with. For you sure. Know?
4: Man. Uh, we gotta get Keegan um open up a little bit more, but other than that, uh he's he's great. Was he he's too great. quiet? Yeah, yeah. I mean he's a rookie though, but we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure he 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 opens up. Who's who's the the most uh who's the most loquacious
0: gregarious crazy guy in the team personality standpoint? Well, you're probably talking to him right now. Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say, are you're probably one of the candidates, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what about Sabonis? What's he like? Uh, uh, I love Sabonis. Um, he he talks a big game though. That's what he does. He just He's talks. like a shit talker. Yeah, yeah. To me, at uh, at least. Um. Kev, too. Um, we all just talk. We all talk a lot, man. We all talk a lot of stuff to each other. Um, I think that's why we get along so well. Well, Kev's got some swagger. Yeah, Kev, Yeah. Like, he always had that. I, like, he definitely a little more than I think people might be expecting. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know Kev. Yeah, exactly. he, he been in, a, he was in Atlanta now, so. Yeah. Uh, he got a little season from
0: there. Well, you also have, I mean, I think you're better than a heat check guy at this point, but you're, you know, you're a classic heat check guy. But Davis is another heat check guy.
4: Yeah, T D, man. Yeah. He I love can
0: it. he for can sure. like do like the 15 point quarters and
4: Quick. and all that. He yeah. did that last night, man. He he kept us in the game. He kept us in the game last night for sure.
0: Who are, who's the best team you've played in the West so far? Who
4: impressed you the most? The best team? Or have uh, you not played the team yet? Probably Phoenix, man. Um, because they just so together. Um we haven't played Denver yet. I haven't seen what Denver's like um, yet. Um, but yeah, Phoenix—they—they they, they just know each other, man. Uh, uh, and and they just move as one. It's—it's um, it's hard. It's hard to beat them. It's hard to beat them.
0: And you played my team, the Celtics. You hung with like yeah, two yeah. and a half quarters, and then we made yeah. every shot for like a half hour.
4: Celtics is legit, man. Jason, J- Jason's my dog too. I've been knowing Jason since I was little. Um, yeah, man. Wait, explain that. How do you know Jason since you were little? Uh St. Louis, um, and Arkansas is close. Um, and we used to see each other a lot, um, playing AAU. And he used to go to Memphis to work mm-hmm. out. And Memphis is like thirty, forty minutes from my hometown, um, in Arkansas. So yeah, I, I used to see him a lot when we was little.
0: Interesting. So mm-hmm. you so you saw him before he grew to become a six foot nine
4: freak? Yeah, yeah, man, he he actually always been like that though. Um all the footwork, all the jab steps, all he, he he played like that his whole life. He haven't changed his game. Were you laughing when he didn't go first in that draft? Yes and no. Um because I I seen I seen what 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 the teams were trying to do. Yeah. What do your draft was that 2017 or 18? 17.
0: Yeah, you were 17, right? You went 11. That was a good yep. draft.
4: Yes sir. Yes sir. Great so that draft. was the
0: Tatum draft. That was Lonzo and Fultz and yeah, there was a lot of Donovan, stuff going on in that. Yeah, Donovan. Yeah, Donovan.
4: Me, Bam, Fox, yeah, Oliver. yeah.
0: Yeah, Donovan fell to what, like 13? Did he go after you? Yeah, he was 14 actually. Bam went 13.
4: Damn. Yeah, Um. Larry Marketing. Uh,
0: oh, right. Yeah, that was a deep trap. Yes, so sir, you yes. thought that, so you're a believer in the Celtics then?
4: Yeah, man, they're legit. They're legit. They're legit Any, team. Anybody else surprise you? Um. No, nah, us. Uh <laughs> somebody us. <laughs> really else, man. The West
0: is like it could not be more wide open, especially like I like Curry just got hurt last
4: night. I don't know what how bad the shoulder thing is, but hopefully it's not too bad, but yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're you can you can never count um golden state out, man, because they they <laughs> they've been doing this a long time, man. Him, Draymond, Clay, they they've been doing this a long time. So they'll figure it out. Uh, definitely have, have you ever gotten into it with j Uh, no, nah, we we talk we talk back and forth. We never really got into no like altercation, but we we'll, we we'll, we we'll talk some shit to each other. Yeah, you're not like you're a little bit of a shit talker, but you're not like a barker. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna just
0: bark. I'll, I'll talk a little bit to you though. Yeah. So you guys, you played the Lakers early in this season, but not lately since they got their stuff together a little bit.
4: Um, how many games? I think we played them in like two or three games. Insect.
0: What was your, what was your best LeBron story from your year in the Lakers?
4: I can't tell you those. <laughs> you can't. Not even no. the secret LeBron stories. And get the secrets out, man, because that's gonna get my secrets that he gave me out. Was he was he
0: cooler or just as cool as you thought he was going to be to play with?
4: Way way cooler, um, because he's so smart. Mm. Yeah, and and he's just gonna. He'll tell me something that'll happen, and i I'm like, yo, how how you know this is about to happen? Then he'll move, this person move, this person will move, then the ball will come to me and I get the shot. And he just said it'll happen just like that, man. So he thinks like five, six plays ahead of the uh, uh ahead of everybody else. So that's why I was so great, man, um, uh, just being around him um almost every day, um, and just taking all the knowledge from him. Yeah, the crazy thing about him is.
0: He's one of like the best physical specimens we've had, right? In basketball. But he's also got the brain too. He's got like that magic bird brain on top of the physical specimen thing. But yeah, everybody who plays with him is like there's some sort of genius element to how he sees basketball that's just different.
4: I don't know how he does it, but he he, he definitely sees the game way way different than everybody else. What did you see from Davis last year cuz
0: he's been uh he's been better this year than last year. Last year it seemed like he had too much muscle.
4: Oh uh, he definitely probably was a little heavy last year, but I can't say that, um, because he 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 knows his body better than us. But AD is always great, man. He always was talking to me, um, just just making sure I know the game, um, on and off the court. Um, mm. I I was with him a lot, um, and and that helped me too become the player I am right now. Um, he always just gave me po- small little pointers, man. Don't do this, go about things like this. Do this, do this. So yeah, man, I I love AD and Brian. Who's the best teammate you've had? Because you've been, what, six years now? That's a tough question, man. Uh, I had some great teammates. Kimber, yeah. Um, okay, everyone loves Kimba. Um, Marvin Williams. Um, LeBron, of course, AD. Um, but Kimba, man, yeah, Kimba probably was the best. Kimba was the best.
0: He, they, when he came to, everyone in Boston absolutely loved him. They said, like, off the court, he was the oh, yeah. all-time <laughs> best guy.
4: Great. He's just great. Always happy, always smiling. Um, Nothing negative about him. Um, So, yeah, I, I, love, I love that about K. Yeah, I'm hoping he – um
0: in Dallas, I'm hoping they use him like the Celtics have been using Blake Griffin. Although they've had to play Blake Griffin more, but these guys that – if you can just get one good game a week out of them and then they can rest their bodies.
4: Great. Yeah, he, yeah, he, just he get, can do it too, man. He can do it. He yeah. can do it. I think that was a great pickup for him. Um, who do you think's the best player in the league right now? Best player?
0: Yeah. Oh my. Like when you're going against all these dudes, does anyone stand out, or would you say there's like four to six guys that are all near each other?
4: Giannis, of course. Yeah. Jason. Luca. Hmm. Steph. Good him. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it's when so when you have Giannis, that's one of those where it's like, oh,
4: today's going to be hard, man. Every time he on the schedule, man, it's it's, it's going to be like, oh yeah, he's coming, a hundred percent. He coming a hundred percent every play, um, and he's not going to stop. And his team and his team feeds off that, so that's why they're so good because they just feed off his energy. and He's not going to have. His energy never goes down.
0: My team had to play him in a very long playoff series last year, and I needed like a vacation afterwards from him. Two weeks of Giannis was, I, I was like, that was it. I don't want to see this guy again for a year. That's stressful. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Tell me about the Kings fans, because it seems like there's something special. I mean, that talk about a starved fan base. They haven't made the playoffs since 06.
4: And they still there every day, um, yelling, screaming. Uh, the fans surprised me. That's one thing that that surprised me about the city is how how loyal the fans are. Um, everywhere I go, they've been telling me uh, we've been Kings fans for this long. I'm so glad that 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 you bringing light to the team. Things like that, man. So they all just they all bought in just like we are, man. So we we we're just trying to turn everything around because you guys are a legitimately tough home team now. There's an yeah. energy to those
0: games. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna end up coming. Yeah, please come. I want to come. I want to come see it in person because I love nothing more than a good NBA home crowd. And there's an energy in those games that you can feel in the TV. It gets loud. It gets it
4: gets it gets real loud in there.
0: <laughs> well, think about how long. All right, so they have made the playoffs since I think '06. So how old were you in 2006? Boom. Huh. <laughs> <You're... laughs> right. <laughs> <You're eight. laughs> so, you know, and then on top of it, I'm sure, you know, the history of they should have made the finals in yeah, 2002 yep. and the refs in game six and
4: all that stuff. So, so it was just the 20 year anniversary was, of all uh, that. The refs has been a story about the Kings, man, for a little bit. I've, I've oh. been hearing it. Yeah, I've been hearing it when I was with the Lakers. I heard it when I was with Charlotte. I heard it, man. And now I'm here. I'm seeing a little bit of it. But no, yeah, maybe that's been a story. Maybe it'll flip. Um, We're gonna turn it
0: around. All right, I'm trying to think. That's it. That's it. That's all I had from you. I was just checking in. I am super excited that you finally found the right team. You're one of my favorites. I'm gonna come to a game. Um, let's try to figure out how to how to get more of a personality out of Keegan Murray. I'll think of some ideas.
4: I'll definitely. I'll be on
0: that a lot. <laughs> I definitely. What about? How about coffee? Maybe like Starbucks. Could that get him
4: going? Like a like a latte. I don't think he needs to drink coffee right now. <laughs> Not right now. Candy? Like MM's? Uh yeah, candy. We gotta take him to some dinners, things
0: like that. Yeah, all right. He'll come out of a show. He's a rookie. He don't come, he don't come Do you make him like carry the bags
4: and all? You doing all is he doing all the rookie stuff? Yeah, he does some rookie stuff, but I got another we, we got Keon on a trip with us. Um he's another rookie. Uh, i I make him um carry the bags. But Keegan gotta go every plane ride, he gotta go get Chick-fil-A. Um oh. For, for everybody. So yeah, that's, that's, that one, that's one thing he does.
0: Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds delicious. All yeah, right, listen, <laughs> good luck with the rest of the season. I'm, f- I'm glad you found the right team. I'm on the bandwagon. I love the light, the beam stuff. I love the home crowd. It's, you guys are fun to watch. Congratulations on everything.
4: Gotta come check it out.
0: All right. Good to see you. So you too. Appreciate it. All right. That's it for the podcast. Thanks to Malik. Thanks to Ben and Steven and thanks to Shrigs. Thanks to Kyle Creighton for producing as always. I will see you on this feed on Sunday night. Until then. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. What you use in your personal care routine matters, so upgrade your lineup with Dr. Squatch. They have high performing natural products with no harmful ingredients. That'll have you looking and smelling your best, like their Wood Barrel Bourbon Bar Soap and Lotion, or their Bay Rum Deodorant. They even have some limited edition soaps, like their Avengers and Star Wars collections. Those seem like they'd be fun to try. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Simmons or use the code Simmons at checkout.